I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. This is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural because we are crazy about hunks. Isn't that right, Chris? <laughs> There's one thing I love, Jeremy. It's hunks. It's hunks. Like, they're so innocent and pure. Just They're just hunking all over the place. Just a big old wall of meat, you know what I mean? When's the, just a big old, like, wall of meat. Like, that's all you could really want from the world. Just a, just a big old sausage. Wait, yeah. this is getting... Hold on. <laughs> we should probably back this up a little bit. Back it up. Back it up. How are you, Chris? You doing well today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's early. This is an early episode, folks, so enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, we, we might be a little bit loopy. We don't usually record on Sunday mornings, but, you know, giving, giving, a, little, giving a little peek behind the curtain, we're recording on Sunday mornings, so yeah. uh, just, you know, trying to do something a little different. Maybe our Monday afternoon energy was weird, so we're changing to Sunday morning energy, you know? <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. Who know who, we don't. Who knows what the fans are going to like? Like, this might be the episode that puts us on the top of the charts on iTunes, right? I think it's going to be. <laughs> it is we do cover one of the best episodes of supernatural in this episode chris uh we're covering three uh malleus maleficarum is the first uh which is it. basically like uh the coven in supernatural right like it's or yeah. not, not the coven what's the witch show um there's been a lot bewitched? of it, i don't know <laughs> bewitched what was like the little girls like it was like mean girls but witches like wasn't there a tv show about that charmed Sure, but we'll go Charmed. Is it Charmed? <laughs> I know Charmed is one that... Okay, let's move on. <laughs> okay. We're also going to cover um, Dream a Little Dream of Me, where uh, Bobby Singer has a dream, and, you know, the boys have to go fight it. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much the plot of that story, right? I don't, I don't they really have to hunt the dream, it. yeah. <laughs> uh, but finally, we're going to get to Mystery Spot, which is maybe one of my favorite episodes. It's um, one of the few... Like, I don't own a lot of, like, merch like video game or like pop culture merch, but I own a t-shirt of something based on this episode. So that's great. I own a lot of merch, so it wouldn't really mean yeah, it. You, yeah, we, we've all, we've all seen your Insta, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know about all the merch you buy <laughs> anime or otherwise, but before we oh. get into those episodes, why don't you hit us with those red words so far real quick. Thank you. Uh, Autumn Greer for uh, writing this for us, by the way. Yes, thank you so much. Previously on Monster of the Week, the hunks set sail on the SS Dreamboat to take on some ghost pirates. Well, actually, I think they're just sailors. Uh, but then Gordon was pissed at Sam for snitching on him and becomes a vampire to try to get revenge. And finally, the boys take a day off to celebrate Christmas and nothing horrible happens and no one loses any fingernails. The boys, they're back in town. They're back in town. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Autumn, and thank you, Chris, for that delightful reading. I appreciate that. Yeah. No sweat. Our first episode is Malleus Maleficorium. Writer is Ben Udland. Director is Robert Singer. Unrequited love becomes vengeful witchcraft, which in turn leads Sam and Dean to a coven of suburban witches whose black magic is drawn from a much more sinister source. The Winchesters also discover that Ruby was once human. Yeah. (laughs) Which sounds like a a weird thing to uh, talk about in a summary since it happens like in the last 10 minutes of the episode. But what are you going to do? So did you know... That Malleus Maleficarum means hammer of witches. Hammer of witches? It means hammer of witches. It is best known as the most important treatise on witchcraft. It was written by the Catholic clergyman Heinrich Kramer. Uh, it was basically just like the rule book for um, 
for killing witches. witches. Yeah, yeah it, it endorses witch hunts. Uh, I remember taking a history class in college, and we were going through whatever 15th century history, I don't know what it was, mm-hmm, uh, and, mm-hmm. and the, the professor said Malleus Maleficarum, and I was like, super, are you a Supernatural fan? What are you <laughs> One of my own, because <laughs> I had never known. I had never known what the words meant, and never thought to look it up. Because you know, I got to watch the next episode. I can't stop and, and Google something. Yeah, um, dude, but who the fuck is going to do that? But I think that is very, very interesting. I mean, it's technically, if you want to look at it from like historical perspective, it's horrible because they were. It was just witch hunts when they were just murdering people. Um, but it's cool when like Sam and Dean are saying Malleus Maleficarum. They don't say it, but when they're the hammer of witches, that's cool. Have you have you looked at the cover of Amelia's Malfoyam? I have God, not. I, I hope fans of the show like please don't get mad at us for mispronouncing things. Like I'm, I'm probably butchering <laughs> that all over the place. Please don't be mad at us. We're trying our best. We really are. It's not easy. It's Latin's weird. Latin is is weird, but the the cover is is something delightful. There's like a purple guy in green pants riding. Well, it looks like a goat, but it has a tail. But it's he's riding it backwards. That's some devil shit. I'm sure. This might need to be the, the cover art. Is all I'm saying. Can you can well, you see this? Yeah, I, I have, I'll have no problem making that the cover art. <laughs> I don't know if you looked it up, but yeah, I'll, I'll drop a link to that because wow, that is fantastic. So if it's not clear, um, Sam and Dean are going to be hunting some. Oh God, yes, I am using that as the cover art. <laughs> Sam and Dean are going to be hunting some goddamn witches. Yeah, we're we're going to be seriously hunting some witches. And uh, Chris, this is one of the grosser episodes of Supernatural. Yeah. The last episode of uh, actually the last podcast episode and the last episode of the show that we covered uh, was the Christmas episode, which got a little gross. Like we saw Sam's fingernails getting written, written, ripped off by a pair of pliers. Yeah. Um, which was super creepy. And, I wonder um, what the what the deal is because I think that there is a few examples of that in season three where we hadn't really seen it before. Obviously, it's a, a horror based show, but they kind of just like leaned into it a little bit for a few episodes this season. And I don't know if it's due to different writers or like they were just like, you know what, let's like punch it up a little bit. Like, who gives a shit? Nothing else else is on TV right now. You think uh, standards and practices like the guy that was in charge of Supernatural just took a week off and they were like, okay, yeah, time to submit all of our stuff with our superheroes things. Seeing seeing the fingernail get pulled off seems very graphic because they show it mm-hmm. like they just show like and that just it, you know kind of skeeves you out. But the the teeth thing, I think that everybody who watches this this teeth scene that we're about to get to is like, oh fuck, because everybody's so paranoid about losing their teeth and it's like an anxiety dream is losing your teeth. Like it's such a common thing for people. So seeing somebody pulling out all their teeth is just like horrible. But I guess technically it's not really that gory. She's just like, oh, what the hell? I don't know. My it's, teeth it's, are falling out. It, it's not gory, but like it still seems really gruesome. Like because he's it's literally disturbing. like holding her mouth, her hand over her mouth, and like teeth and blood are falling into her hand. Like it's yeah. really gross. I got a quick question. I don't mean to just derail us right at the beginning of this podcast or anything, but. Uh, Obviously, losing your teeth is a big is a big fear for for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, in a and I don't need to go into the background of this, but in a remarkable, a remarkable set of events, my uh, my step cousin just recently had all of his teeth knocked out. What? So, do you think that now that he doesn't have any teeth, that he's going to have stress dreams about losing his teeth, or do you think that that's all done with? Huh. Like, do you think he's still going to worry about it now that it's gone? Now that they're all gone? Maybe once you just kind of adjust to the fact that they're gone, then you're just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay, now I'm good. I'm good. Maybe, you just, even a- maybe you just get you switch to dreams about losing your dentures. Like, oh god, so, I left them in a, in a in a glass somewhere, and I, I don't know where they are. <laughs> Gotta keep Jeremy, the, the thing that you don't know about anxiety is that it's all tied to teeth. 
Oh, really? I did not it know all that. Goes right. back I did to not teeth. know that yeah. about anxiety. Yeah. Ask anybody who <laughs> suffers from anxiety. It all goes back to teeth. That's that. That explains a lot because I, I had a little weird thing with anxiety a couple of years ago where I got all of a sudden uh, terrified to drive my, my car or my truck around. Um, which made it really difficult to work my job as an outside salesman, but we're not going to get sure. into that. But I didn't realize that at the time could have been related to my teeth. Like I went, I went to a doctor, I went to a therapist, I went to a acupuncturist. I never went to my dentist though. I should never have gone to, to dentist. my dentist and got that shit checked out. Just get that shit cleaned. Just, just so everyone knows, I don't really believe that. Uh, of course not. Of course not. Let's move yeah. on. <clears throat> if, hey, if you're out there and you need help, call somebody. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Our cold open is basically a woman losing her teeth. Um, there's there's some background here, and I think it's really funny because the guy brags about opening a bottle of eighty nine wine. I'm like, dude, that's like from it's like ten years ago. Dog, come on, <laughs> step it up a notch. <laughs> I mean, uh, <clears throat> but Dean and Sam get there to interview, and they find a hex bag. And we we've seen yeah. hex bags before, am I right? Like we've we've talked about hex bags in, on this podcast before, or not? I believe so. I, this feels like the first time that they've really like gone into detail about it, but. It doesn't feel like an unfamiliar concept to the show. It's just hard to remember. I feel like, um, what's her name? Meg may have used some sort of something related to this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably. That sounds about right. Um, and as we learn later in the episode, spoilers, uh, a lot of demons were once witches. Just human witches who, who mm-hmm. not really sell their souls necessarily, but sort of get entangled in the service of a demon. Yeah, I don't really see any mention of a history of hex bags on the um, <laughs> on the supernatural wiki, which is maybe the nerdiest thing that I've said since I woke up this morning. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we we also get to know that uh, Mandine hates him some witches. Like he thinks that they're gross, and like we see this thing when they open up the hex bag <laughs> yeah. and look at it. Right? It's it's super gross. Like it has uh, like all this like like it's like old bones and like some. I don't know, man. Like, it's just gross. Like, ashes yeah. of somebody. Like, it's just... This episode... I keep saying the word. This episode is gross. It's super It is bad. a gross episode, yeah. So, uh, Dean hates a bunch of the witches, and then we go to uh, this woman who is taking a roast out of the oven, and the roast, like, is already filled with, like, maggots and things. Like, it's, Yeah, was she it's, just cooking maggots on purpose? <laughs> And what can maggots survive in the oven? Like I don't, I don't. Necess- We're probably grossing our audience out. I'm sorry, people. Like, but we have to, we have to, we have to talk about the details of the episode. It's our job. This is what we're paid to do. Which maggots uh, can? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in the pocket of big maggot, Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, go ahead. do we have, at this point in the episode? Do we even have a clear idea what's going on yet? It's just Sam and Dean came to investigate because of the weird death that we saw in the cold open, the the teeth falling out thing. Yeah, exactly. And then they find the hex bag and realize, like, this chick was probably cursed by witches. So they, they yeah. kind of think, like, okay, there's probably a coven around here somewhere. Like, we're going to have to find some witches. And their first questions are always, like, is there somebody who wanted to, to hurt her? Uh, I think they're talking to her husband, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there anybody who wanted to, to had a grudge against your wife? I don't know if I'm making this up, because it's been a while since we watched this episode where our schedule's a little bit off this week, but... Is he like, no, I don't know. All like suspicious, like nobody would want to hurt my wife, but like clearly somebody wanted to hurt his wife. Yeah, he's he's definitely suspicious. Like he's acting suspicious because when Dean asks him this, he like pauses for a minute and like looks to the left and then like signals that he's lying very, very dramatically <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then says, no, absolutely not. Um, 
which is weird because they don't really, I mean, they give you kind of a reason why and a little bit, but they don't really like, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, and really like a lot of this, like a lot of supernatural, like the, the, the moment to moment plot stuff isn't super important here, but I do like a lot of this mythology that they're building with witches. And I like how, uh, disgusting they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how disgusting the craft is in the, in this, in the supernatural universe. And yeah. I really, I really like that Dean hates them so much. <laughs> like it just cracks me up. I don't know, man. Like, this this season is great for Dean hating on things, and I I, I really like that 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 moment. It it feels necessary too because there's been so many episodes in Supernatural where the boys are like lamenting over you know more more Sam, but lamenting over like the life of a monster and like whether they should save them or like if they can help them. Even Dean when he was uh, flirting it up with that demon in the basement a few episodes ago, it's mm-hmm. it's just been humanizing monsters, even though they end up usually still hunting them. It's been humanizing them. This time around, Dean is just like, fucking gross-ass witches, I ain't got nothing to do with this. Let's take these guys down. Although, as they start to investigate and figure things out, um, Dean is seeing the witches as, like, people. He's like, these aren't, like, dark, evil, like, demon ladies. These are, like, Stepford wives. And Sam's like, yeah, but they're still murderers and we have to kill them. Yeah, Sam is very aggro this season, and you know, obviously, we're we're kind of playing into the stuff that we learned about him last season. He has demon blood in him. He was chosen as a as the demon prince, as he's been named several times. Um, uh, Ruby has kind of started to push him just a little bit. Like he's she's kind of encouraging him, just like we saw in the last couple episodes of uh, him killing demons and things like that. So it's not a surprise here that Sam is who <laughs> wants to go kill these. Yeah. Otherwise, perfectly normal women who just stumbled into some, you know, witchcraft. But like, it's it's still I'm still taken aback by it because up till this up until this season, Sam has been such a fucking Boy Scout. You know, I mean, like just the worst kind of Boy Scout that you could possibly imagine. So, <laughs> well, him- Dean, I don't think you should have alcohol uh, because, well, <laughs> uh, we have to get up early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is just the perfect like hall monitor bullshit boy, isn't yeah. he? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sam, what is um, a bit of total hall monitor? He's a total hall monitor. Uh, so yeah, this we get this scene of the of the maggot roost, and she takes it out, and then um, the the husband from earlier is like chilling in his car, just just slamming some fast food in the dark. Like mm-hmm. this is a weird moment to me. Like I know they're trying to set it up so it's scary. I get it. And he's he's eating just so like fully it's hard to describe it but like he's eating like you you or i would be eating but we're not on tv like he's just taking big like breathy mouthfuls just <sighs> yeah normally when you see people eat on tv it's very it's very conserved right like it's 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 very reserved i guess because they're they gonna have to take multiple have takes to spit that shit out yeah exactly yeah. uh this dude is just going to fucking town on this double cheeseburger so he's like yeah i'll eat him. the whole thing all day yeah, no problem man. no problem free cheeseburger okay cool 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 uh <laughs> But as he's eating it, uh, and it goes back and forth between the chick casting a spell over the maggot roast and back to this dude, uh, like maggots start coming out of the cheeseburger, and he starts like m- munching down on them. <clears throat> Guys, it's it's disgusting. Maybe we should have put a, like a, a warning up, like a like yeah. something, because this is a really gross episode. Poor Autumn could barely even look at the screen during some of this. She just held her eyes. She's like, "I'm just going to look at my phone. Tell me when it's over." Yeah, it's rough. It's not great. Fortunately, uh, our, our heroes, Sam and Dean, our hero hunks, show up and uh, find the hex bag that's in the car and burn it, which saves him and backfires. And uh, um, the the chick that's casting the spell like just gets brutally, brutally murdered, right? When did, I don't even know when this happens. I just 
This is just the very, very beginning. Yeah, when he they burn the bag, it like backfires the spell, and so she's still standing there over the roast, like casting the spell, and just gets fucking murdered. They're just they're not playing around this season, I guess. They're not, dude. It's 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 kind of vicious. Because what the guy the guy had concerned. started the guy started like choking or something, right? Mm-hmm. He'd start, he starts it, choking. It was mm-hmm. it wasn't just maggots in his food. It was like you know, death also. Yeah, sure. Like it's, I mean, but it's that you're seeing the gross stuff. Like that's how they're, they're. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's a bit interesting that, and this is going to come up later in the episode, where hex bags are always hidden somewhere, and for some reason, Sam and Dean are just really good at finding them. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's probably you know tucked under the the table here, or whatever. Uh, and they're able to find it wherever in the guy's car. Um, yeah. This this trend does not continue though, which which gets a little. I'm glad that at, at a certain point they were unable to find the hex bag and fix the situation because you could hide a thing anywhere. Like that that could be so difficult to to find if a witch knows what they're doing and they just decide to to tuck it away in a corner you're never going to look in. You'd, you'd never be able to save anybody. That's where we <clears throat> that's where we know hex bags from. This was um, from season one where they go back to their old home and it's has a poltergeist or whatever and there's like a weird hex bag or something inside the walls and like that cord like the cgi cord wraps around dean's neck and starts strangling him as he's trying to break into the walls right <laughs> oh yes 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 <laughs> so we that was i think that's was our earliest thing for hex bags we're obviously very educated on supernatural guys this is why you come to this podcast it's just mm-hmm. hard hitting news and facts so if you want um, news and facts go to wikipedia all right <laughs> Yeah, or go to Tumblr. They're they're covering it for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you get it. All right. So so that so they talk to the guy and try to figure out why the guy has been targeted, and it turns out his wife, who had all of her teeth fall out and then bled to death, was named Janet. He was cheating on Janet with this chick Amanda, who was making the uh MAGA roast. Yes. So Amanda killed Janet so that she could, you know, get her out of the way so that she could have Paul, is I think this dude's name. Yeah. Um who real like, real Paul, stud, this guy. <laughs> Yeah, like obviously batting above way above his weight weight class. You know, I think I'm mixing up sports <laughs> metaphors there. Hitting above your bat, batting runs, above his in. weight class, batting above his weight class. Right? That's how that baseball yeah, is separated out by weight. Let's, right? Let's like, go. That's what let's AAA is. let's stick with this. Okay, we're good. <laughs> batting above his weight class. So Paul tells Sam and Dean, like, hey, yeah, I've been having a, an affair with this chick, but, like, I don't think that that should be related to any of this. This was just maggots and <laughs> I don't think that's any of your business. <laughs> uh, when they go – when Sam and Dean go talk to Amanda, they find Amanda with uh, three other women. Um, am I getting my, my, my stuff right here? Yeah, they talk to somebody on, like, the front lawn, right? No? Does that happen at some point? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because the spell backfired. So Amanda's dead. Um, so like they go back to Amanda's place to go ask her about it and they find her dead and realize she was one of the witches. And this is when they realize, Oh, this is some serious witchcraft. Like this can't be just oh, her. Like she didn't just I accidentally th- stumble into this. I think that they, is it that they discover that it wasn't that it just backfired on her? It's that she also had a hex bag tucked under her table. Is that where they find it? We we haven't got there yet, but we're, okay, we're going to okay. find out. And I guess we could, we could probably like kind of skip ahead a little bit. Um, because there, there's a lot of like inner politics with these. There's three other women who are all part of this coven that they have, they're hiding from their husbands under the guise of uh, a book club, and uh, they're doing things like uh, getting their husbands promotions, or you know, losing weight, or you know, they're they're using this witchcraft to benefit themselves in, in strong ways. Yeah, but it's mostly harmless ways. If you want, it's just like personal success, basically. So the fact that this has now turned to murder is kind of like a a pretty big leap. 
And the scenes going back and forth seem to suggest as such. There's one witch in particular who's like, holy shit, our, our friend just died. Like, let's let's be cool about this. Maybe we should we should stop fucking around with this this witch stuff. Or they don't really they don't think they don't call it witch stuff. But um, she kind of gets you know cold feet, and they're like, no, we can't back down from this. You know, what's her name? Elizabeth. She yeah. She, they they basically blame this other witch for pushing it too far when she killed um uh cool guy's wife. I think that they kind of it makes it sound like they killed her on purpose, but they didn't. No. Um. So they. <clears throat> I just looked it up, and Sam and Dean do find a hex bag at Amanda's house. So it wasn't just the spell backfired, which is what I thought. Mm-hmm. She was actually you know targeted by another witch. Um. Elizabeth does want to quit the the coven, but this other chick doesn't want her to. And this, there's a bunch of back and forth about this. Um, eventually, Elizabeth gets kind of sucked back in because of the temptation. Um, and they start, you know, praying over the Book of Shadows, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. you know, a pretty... Which never, ever turns back up again, which is kind of a, a bummer. <clears throat> yeah. they, they're they presented at the same time, you know, on one hand, they're they're seeming, like, malicious. I mean, like, one of their own was just killed. So, like, another woman was just murdered and all of her teeth fell out. Uh, and at the same time, they're just also very, um, not innocent, but, like, ignorant, I guess. Like, they have really no idea what they're doing. Like, they think this is just a fun book club and like, Ooh, let's get some, let's get some fun things out yeah, of this, this little like trick we found. <laughs> it's like, they even mention in, in the, sh- the episode, like it's like the secret, like that book that like every, you know, middle-aged person in America was reading, trying to be like, Ooh, what's the secret to happiness? How do I get all these things? It's like some new form of meditation or like some new fashion trend that tells you that it's going to make you happy, except it's, you know, like demon worship or something. Yeah, the, the Book of Shadows actually has a sticker on the front that says it was a uh, Book of the Month club from Oprah. That, yeah, it's that an month. Oprah book, so, of, book of the Month. <laughs> yeah, it was just like the secret. It was just a different way to get the stuff that you want in your yeah. life. I do want to mention real quick that uh, when Paul was eating his card, slamming those double cheeseburgers back, uh, oh, yeah. and, the, and the spell takes effect, uh, it turns on his car radio and starts playing, I put a spell on you, Yeah, which I have to imagine is a new addition to the Book of Shadows, um, just as far as like <laughs> what soundtrack you would like to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, like it takes like a, a the seventh rabbit born on the seventh day, and his left foot has to be included in the hex bag, and then you get the doors, the end, playing on the radio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a great, It's a great song. Oh yeah, I put a spell on you. It was great. Don't get me wrong, and it, it fits like it's thematically appropriate. I just it, whenever like the music kicks on in, in very specific ways. We had this back in um, I don't remember the name of the episode, but it was where the chick was the uh, the chick. Oh from yeah, Black that, Star Galactica uh, Roadkill. Was, is that what it's called? Roadkill. Yeah, um, where she was actually the ghost, but she hangs out with Sam and Dean the whole thing. Like every time that the radio would come on and play that one specific song, I was like, really? <laughs> what is? <laughs> what's your ghost power? Like, what is? What is that energy that just gets to p- have your own like cosmic playlist to put it on <laughs> any radio that you want to? Anyway. I do really. I do like the use of that, even if it's just more for the audience to like communicate sure, something yeah. than it is for like the actual show. But uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins when he recorded that that song was so drunk that he could like never record it again. So he just had to get drunk every time he played it. Just a fun fact for you. That's uh, that sounds like most rock stars I know. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't play it while sober. Got to get drunk. Just going to get fucked up. Just going to get super fucked up. Uh, so this is where Sam and Dean have the argument about killing these, 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 women because mm-hmm. they've, they've correctly identified these women as because uh, they show up and like interview them and the gir- girls are just kind of mean to them basically yeah they're uh, basically just mean to sam and dean mean and girls like, okay yeah where do you uh, get off it takes <laughs> it takes a certain kind of i don't know something to be able to to look at these hunks and just dismiss them outright 
because uh, within the fiction of, of Supernatural, every slightly older woman loves Sam and Dean. Yes, so absolutely. And, and, most, not, most, and most younger women, too. So. And they're, they just want nothing to do with them. They're just like, okay, little boys, go, go run along. They, they see them as... Um, that's the same, and Dean's still basically pretending to be cops or, or detectives or something. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not like they're, they know who they're dismissing actively, but they just have like no time. They think that they're just better than, than anybody else because they have their little secret. Man, there's, what a missed opportunity to not use the phrase, uh, stop trying to make Hex happen. Because this is the perfect <laughs> Mean Girls episode to do that, but it just doesn't exist. Uh, it's, it's a bummer. Uh, I so think they, that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So Sam and Dean uh, argue about whether or not they should kill these women. Uh, Dean protests for like two seconds and is like, okay, fine, we'll kill them. Um, which, I mean, I know that our heroes are, are dark, right? Like, they're kind of setting Sam and Dean up as like the anti-hero kind of character mm-hmm. um, characters, but... Even for anti-heroes, just murdering three women seem a little like just take the book of shadows away, burn the book. Yeah, it's a right? dark. It's a dark, I mean, dark like, move. I realize I realize that they've killed people, but like, I, I mean, and that's bad. So maybe you could try to frame them like you framed Gordon. I don't know, but like, just agreeing think, to kill them pretty quickly seems pretty yeah. extreme. I think that their vision of them, especially what Sam is pitching here, isn't that they are a group of housewives who who found a magic book. It's that they are witches, like they are an ancient coven, and they are just in the disguise of a uh, like regular housewife book club. I, but Sam doesn't know that. Sam does not know that. He's no, making Sam does some pretty not big assumptions. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, luckily, Ruby shows up, um, and this is preceded by uh, the the car dying. Which is a little weird for demon to happen for just for demons. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but we're going to get right past that. But Ruby shows up and is uh, tells Sam and Dean that they need to both of them need to get out of town because there's something super dangerous there, and they have no idea what they're doing. Um, there's a neat little scene where because uh, I don't think this is the, I think this is the first time that Dean meets Ruby. Yes, and uh, and Ruby is just almost completely dismisses Dean and it's like well, you know, we don't even need you here. Like I'm more concerned about Sam than you are. Like they yeah. kind of have a like a like a back and forth here, which I found really interesting. It's setting up some things with Ruby that I guess I probably wouldn't have thought about the first time watching this. Like the, she is for her own reasons or you know whatever her whatever her methods are. She's she is concerned about. Sam's safety to the point where she thinks like Dean you are literally only getting in the way of all of this like Sam would be better off and would be safer without you she doesn't say that but she starts to sort of almost imply it like Dean unless you're going like 100% going to bat for Sam then you're just going to be in the way also you need to get the hell out of town because there's some, some serious shit here uh, and Dean is like uh uh-uh. uh I think he calls her a bitch quite a few times. Um, yeah, yeah. Because D- Dean's casual, <laughs> casual misogyny. He casual misogynist Dean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, to, to be fair, he calls uh, Sam a bitch, too. So, um, Well, I mean, to be fair, Sam is one. So. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It would, just, it would be funny to have... Funnier, I think, to have Dean just running around calling everybody a jerk. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You son of a jerk! Um, uh, Dean wants to kill her, and Sam has this great line of like, "Kill her with what, Dean? The gun that they fixed for, that she fixed for us? Like, because yeah. she literally like gave them the Colt back." Um, and it's it's weird to see Sam react so strongly about this stuff and say like, "Hey, we're not we're not just hunting anymore. Like, that we're we're at war with the oh yeah. Like, we have to do everything that we can possibly do. Um, we have to go out. We have to kill him, which is one of the reasons that he wants to take care of these witches so quickly because it's the easiest and quickest method so that they could get back to their war. Uh, it is kind is- of the first time that they make that distinction. We've had, 
uh, Bobby has said it before, he said it last season, or, yeah, I think it was last season, that they were basically in the middle of a war. But this is sort of Sam being like, you know, hunts don't even matter anymore. And I don't know if that's Ruby's influence, or it's just everything that they've been going through. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's essentially like, this is just a, this is a stepping stone. This is the thing that we do because we're good at it. But that's not the main goal. Stomping out witches or vampires or ghosts, like, none of that really matters. Uh, other than the fact that they're saving people, because you know they are still our heroes despite I mean, everything else. Occasionally, they have. I mean, so far they have saved nobody in this episode. They've saved <laughs> almost nobody. Um, you saved zero people. <laughs> but they're still building towards that bigger conflict. And uh, is this where Sam starts to talk about how he wants to be more like Dean? Yeah. So this uh, the in, the conversation with Ruby ends with uh, Dean trying to shoot her and Sam oh, deflecting yeah. the shot, and then uh, and then we skip to from them at the like on the side of the road or whatever back into their um, hotel room where they continue their argument, and this is where Dean says like This isn't you, man. Like I've I've known you for a long time. I've, I know how you act. I know how you are. But this isn't you. Like you're acting like a different person, and that's where Sam starts having his conversation, like you mentioned, of saying, "I'm not trying to be like me. I'm trying to be like you because you're mm-hmm. going to be gone." It's like, it's a very pragmatic conversation, because I think Sam does start to realize, like, as old Sam would not really be able to deal with the hunting life by himself, because old Sam wanted to run away from the hunting life, and old Sam wants to try and, like, reason with the monsters and and figure out a way that everybody can be happy, Um, but that's not going to cut it. Like, if you watch season one, Dean is constantly saving Sam's ass, constantly. Like, at the very last moment, something bad happens to Sam, a monster grabs him, and the Dean comes in at the last moment and, and shoots it with a flare gun or whatever. Like, uh, Dean is always saving Sam, and it's hardly ever the other way around. So if Sam wants to survive as a hunter on his own, he really does have to, like, beef up, you know, in more ways than one. <laughs> when he does beef up, dude, starts to get huge in season four. <laughs> oh my god. Oof. When they come he gets, back, he gets strong. Oh my god, we're gonna have we're gonna have a great time when season that four first season. episode of season four. Like, I watched it directly after season three. Man, <laughs> just, it's like they, it's like there's a body double. Yeah, you're like, what <laughs> it's the an insane. fuck? You How think, much you time think time Sam is, is hunky now? Sam's gonna shed all of his baby weight and just come back with a, just like pure shred guitar for abs. Like yeah, that's, that's all it is. Crazy. It's crazy. Wow, <laughs> he just sits out there, <laughs> he just right, up his right. shirt and goes wow. Anyway. I think I might be fangirling. Let's let's move on. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're getting a little too extreme. Um, so during this during this argument where Sam is saying that he wants to be more like Dean, and during this discussion, uh, all of a sudden Dean doubles over and starts feeling bad, and then starts mm-hmm. throwing up blood. Um, so Sam immediately figures out, oh yeah, there's probably a hex bag somewhere. So yeah. he tears the tears the room apart. Can't find a hex bag. Grabs the keys to the Impala and jets, saying like he's going to go. Uh, you know going to go basically kill these women so that he can you know burn whatever so he's going to go hammer these away. witches he just he's this is what i was talking about witches. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i was talking about the uh, beginning of the episode where they're able to find the hex bag so easily so many times and then it's it almost makes sense that at least one of the times they'd be like okay these guys are pretty good at finding these let's really hide the thing uh yeah and i like that he's just like okay well i'm not going to waste any time like cutting up the walls of this motel room i'm just gonna go kill the witches and then that will solve this so hopefully you won't die by then bye <laughs> yeah and immediately after this um and almost as if she was waiting outside for sam to leave uh, ruby shows up <clears throat> and then yeah. jumps and then dumps him like foul looking substance in dean's mouth 
which saves him. Um, whatever, and like he pukes up a bunch of stuff, and then uh, like he's he's alive, he's fine. Sam's still going for the guns or going for the for the witches for the coven, mm-hmm. but Dean is fine at this point, um, and Ruby has saved him. And she looks at him and says a, a really great line, which I really appreciated, which is "Stop calling me bitch," which yeah. is, is really really fun. <laughs> yeah. um, Sam, meanwhile, has arrived at the the coven. Who uh, you know, there's these three women, and he figures out very quickly that one of them is a demon, and, and it's like. But before all that, it's very uh, striking because he kicks in the door and just starts yelling at everybody with his gun drawn. He's just this huge yelling man. And they're all like, in that moment, they all seem very like, holy shit, what is happening here? Like, this dangerous man just tried to kick in our door. <laughs> like, it's like a home invasion. And they're, again, they get, for a second, it just appears like they're totally normal people because they're so afraid of, of that action. Tammy is the demon. Uh, Sam figures it out using his, uh, you know hunter powers yeah his hunter take, vision doesn't take oh, she's long. highlighted yellow <laughs> she's highlighted yellow it was very obvious <laughs> do you think anybody who listens to the show also plays the plays the witcher and then knows what the fuck we're talking about when we talk about i the hope witcher? so i hope so anyway um one of the girls like starts pro- protesting this and is like no 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 this couldn't couldn't possibly be and then the demon just twists her neck using like telekinetic force which is yeah. always a rad thing to do um, yeah shit gets dark and then she uses a. Uh, then she has a great line uh, that I know you really appreciated, which is, uh, "That's what happens to witches who get voted off the island." <laughs> I, I never, Chris, I never noticed the demons using pop culture references, and it never has bothered me until you brought it up. So I'm you sorry. ruined part of Supernatural for me. I'm sorry. At least with her, it would make sense because she's been pretending to be uh, a modern woman for this little guy she's got going. So you know she's mm-hmm. she's using their lingo, but a lot of the demons, it doesn't make any. Gosh dang sense. So yeah, and she and she's happy to see t- see Sam because uh, the de- the Messiah that she worships worships doesn't want to see Sam lead. She wants they want to see Sam dead. Yeah. Um. And then she slams Dean or excuse me Sam against the wall and like d- like the wall around him starts breaking. Like this is a, this is probably one of the more powerful demons we've seen just in the world. Yeah. This is some hardcore shit. Uh, and I think it's interesting oh, that they're... We forgot the Matrix thing, like where she he shoots her with this Colt and she stops the bullet in midair just like oh, yeah. Neo from the Matrix. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's how powerful she is. That You have to really get the drop on her to be able to shoot her with the Colt. Uh, and this is this is going to become a trend of just like people that are more powerful than anything that the boys can really deal with, but they're still going to try to deal with it. But she is... I, I like that she is worshipping or a follower of somebody else. And I like that they've been kind of hammering this in because not only are the boys out in a part of this war that they don't really understand yet but there's these factions that have that have pulled up around sam and someone else lucifer is what was mentioned a few episodes ago but we haven't really heard anybody else say that since then um so it's it's building a conflict in the background while the boys are still dealing with the the main on-screen conflict of like we have to save dean because he's gonna go to hell yeah and and this is this is fun. Like I like I like the idea of these uh, two factions of demons. Again, when the show expands its cosmology, I, I, I typically very very much enjoy it. It's going to get to the point where it's a little bit unwieldy, but right now, like finding out that there's different types of demons that the demons can believe different things, like that's really interesting to me. Like that makes this world a little bit more alive. So hearing Tammy talk about all of this stuff and seeing her be a little bit more powerful than even the Seven Deadly Sins, which we saw early in the first episode of the season. That yeah. stuff really, really fucking works for me. Like, I really like that. Because we, the first time we ever see a demon in, in uh, episode four of season one, when it's just a, basically like a mean black cloud that floats around, like that's <laughs> it's just mean. To go from that to go to what they have begun to build with the demons is, is a really cool 
uh, transition. It's really cool. I don't know. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't feel like your typical, uh, like, serialized TV show power creep where, like, slowly but surely everything gets more powerful. No, at the end of the last season, they let out, a, like, a hundred demons or a thousand <laughs> demons or whatever the number was. So it makes sense for these more powerful demons to be in the world. Yeah. That's that's something that actually makes sense. Like they have justified the fact that they're going to be fighting more powerful monsters in season 3, which again, like this the the fiction and their storytelling and the world building in Supernatural, especially in these first 3 seasons, are just so fucking good at this point. Yeah. Like it's so and, much fun. And this the same thing is happening with Sam and Dean. Like everybody's okay, ooh, Prince Sam whatever. But at the same time, Sam and Dean are as much as the demons are getting more powerful, Sam and Dean are getting more recognition from the demons. It's like you can't just go around causing that much of a ruckus. You can't go kill yellow eyes and then have nobody care or know who you are. Um, obviously it's, it's fun to make our heroes like the most important guys around, but it does, it's a slow build and it makes sense because season one, nobody really knows anything what's going on except for yellow eyes wanting Sam. There's nothing outside of that. Like Dean doesn't even really play into it, but now it's become this whole big thing and it's kind of cool to see. And they continue to do that with the show. There's an episode, I don't even remember what season in, but it's late. It's like probably like season nine or ten or something. Where I don't know if they they recognize it explicitly, but there's there's an exchange where basically like, you know, monster lackeys are sent to beat up Sam and Dean, and then it's almost like them laughing at these lackeys, being like, Do you know who we are? Like <laughs> do you know yeah. how much shit we how much ass we've kicked? Like, are you kidding me? It's good and shit. I think there's they, even moments where uh like some some lackey monsters or lackey demons show up and realize they've been like they're about to like fight Sam and Dean yeah, and they're like, Oh yeah. shit, we gotta get out of here. Like this yeah. is not where we need to be right now, which is really good. Like seeing our seeing our boys like grow, level up basically like, yeah. video game terminology is, is really, really fun. The enemies um, are leveling Sam's up but Hunter so are the boys. Exactly. Yeah. Um so Dean breaks in and is quickly slammed against the wall. Uh, so our, our situation now is we have Tammy the demon, we have one dead uh, human witch, mm-hmm. and we have Elizabeth, who was the one that wanted to quit in the first place, uh, and she's kind of just gotten knocked to the side, knocked out. Uh, Dean and Sam are both slammed against the wall, and now Ruby shows up. Yes. And Ruby and Tammy kind of have a back and forth, and Ruby tries to say, like, okay, like this, is, this was my plan, was to deliver Dean and Sam to you. And, of course, Tammy sees through this for the lie that it is. Um, but more importantly, we find out Ruby used to be a human. She was a human witch, and she she prayed to or worshipped Tammy uh, before she died. So when she died, she went to hell, and she became a demon in, in Tammy's service. Which is, again, expanding that cosmology a little bit. Like, okay, so now demons aren't just like these weird creatures that from hell. Like, these, oh, these are like humans that did a bunch of terrible shit and then went to hell and got punished for it. Yeah, we're gonna get became powerful for it. We're gonna get a little bit more of that uh, later on in this episode of the podcast. Uh, but the, yeah, this is kind of the first mention of that, right? Because before this, mm-hmm. we don't know where demons came from. It was just not, not at all. Yeah, we just assumed that they were just like you know. I mean, in the back of my head, I kind of figured fallen angels. Like I, I didn't really mm-hmm. know where it was going. But like, if you're gonna have a hell, if you're gonna have a devil, if you're gonna have you know demons of er- like you, you kind of think the angels that fell with Lucifer were gonna end up as right. demons. Um, but he, but hearing this, I was actually kind of more into this idea. Have you read the uh, the Vertigo series, Lucifer? I have not. Um, you you should probably take a take a take a read through that. Like, there's some. Uh, the, the the concept is basically like Lucifer gets bored. Like if you read Sandman, it continues the story okay, of Lucifer okay. from Sandman. So in Sandman, Lucifer just decides like I'm done. <laughs> like I'm not going to run hell anymore. <laughs> I'm going to Earth. So it picks up from there. But like there's all of this weird like interpolitical force stuff <clears throat> when it comes to hell and like demons of various statures and strengths and owning property and things like that. That's actually super interesting. That kind of 
that tickled my my supernatural bone a little bit. Oh. <clears throat> That's the first time I and last time I ever want to say supernatural bone. So. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna put a this is gonna stop that right there so okay. dean's got a so supernatural bone for you yeah he does okay uh, so so while uh, ruby and uh tammy are are kind of fighting it out and having this argument and um tammy starts to exercise ruby she's gonna send her back to hell uh, mm-hmm. our our good human friend elizabeth is over there she got knocked out she woke up found the book of shadows and started doing a spell and makes tammy start vomiting up like pins like push pins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for throat which some nasty shit a lot of times oh it's so gross it's so disgusting like i'm glad that they like double down on that that is what witches do though because so many of the things in supernatural don't even seem that bad like they make death seem like it's kind of just like oh well that's gonna happen this episode death is the thing that gets tossed around so much in supernatural so when they take something and make it weird and like fucked up like that's i don't necessarily like watching it but i like that it, the idea of it existing within the world of supernatural me too it, it, this is this is really good uh this gives the boys a distraction um so they they you know they're no longer held up on the wall being held up on the wall is like sam and dean's basically like second mutation at this point yeah. like they're so good at it they get held up against walls all the time uh but they drop Dean picks up uh, Ruby's knife and then just proceeds to stab the shit out of Tammy. Like, just kills her. Like, I mean, just like angry stabs her. Like we saw that sh- that old lady do uh, in the fairy tale episode just a couple yeah. episodes ago. <laughs> in his defense, I guess they don't know how powerful the knife is yet because they've never used it before. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just need one stab, Dean. Just one stab. So, <laughs> one will do the trick. One will do it. <laughs> well, after the first one, you're just doing it for yourself. Just want you just, just want to say that all out. This is all for you. Just want you to know that where it's it happened. We're we're moving on from it, but we need you to know that was for you. Exactly. Uh, so we get our we get our wrap up scene. Like the boys jet, Ruby stays behind for reasons. They don't ever they never do anything with the book, which I was disappointed about. Um, I, I like I would have liked to see them burn the book at some point, but the book of shadows is still out there. There's no reference on the wiki, so we can only assume that's going to come back in season twenty seven. Yep. Um, but uh, drink every Ruby, time that we make a joke about what season they're going to be up to. <laughs> you don't do that, please. Don't do that. <laughs> I drink a lot, and that would probably hurt me. Um, <clears throat> uh, instead of our normal, like Sam and Dean kind of um, epilogue, we we see Ruby and Dean having a conversation. Yeah, together. Sam was really tired. He had to go to bed. He had to go take a nap. He's a little tired yeah. boy. He's tired. Dean, will you tuck me in? <laughs> Dean, come here. Give me my blankie. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ruby and Dean have this conversation, and <clears throat> they get into a little bit more about hell because Dean is, of course, very curious about this. We saw this back in the um, Sin City episode where he was questioning um, the demon then of mm-hmm. what's it like down there, and uh, we get more information from Ruby, who says, you know, it's it's fucking terrible. Like it's it's horrible. <laughs> like <Yeah>. it's um, <clears throat> all demons are were human, and they went to hell, and they were tortured to become demons. And that's why they're so mean-spirited and shitty, because they were tortured in hell for so long. So to escape hell and to be able to inflict that kind of pain and torture on other people is their, is their whole reason that they exist. That's, the, that's their whole motive, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like She's, she's kind of telling Dean that, hey, I, I, you're, you're not going to be around, so I'm here for Sammy. I'm not here for you. Like I give a shit about you. You're going mm-hmm. to hell. There's no way to get out of it. She, and she confirms that to him again, which we've seen several times. There's no way out of this deal. I'm only here for Sammy. Yeah, she confirms that she's been basically lying about the fact that she could save him just to mm-hmm. string Sam along. Um, but we still don't really know what her intentions are. She just, I mean, I know she's basically saying, like, there is this war. I'm on Sam's side in it. But that's, we don't know 
the rules of the war, or the stakes of the war yet. We don't know what's building beyond factions. Does this count as a secret? Because does Dean tell Sam that he she he can't he can't get out of the uh, the deal? I don't know. I'm not actually sure. Let's. Uh, I'm going to put it on our secret list. Somebody can correct us. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the secret list just in case, and we'll see. We'll see what happens as as the episodes go on. Yeah. But that kind of that kind of does it for this episode, right? That's it. Uh, I, I think this is a really good episode. It I is. Think, yeah. You know, this this is great. Supernatural. This is. We've, hey, we've got a monster of the week. We've got this coven that we're dealing with. We've got some overarching plot in the form of Demon Tammy and Demon Ruby. We, we learn a lot about the cosmology of the world. We get a cool fight scene. Like this mm-hmm. is this is nobody had to ask an old man what's happening. Like that was <laughs> positive. Can you like <laughs> you seriously know? like audience and Jeremy think about when we were covering season one? If you listened to that part of this podcast, how many times the boys seriously went to go talk to an old man in a shadowy room? Think of I all mean, the sh- the poorly lit rooms that the boys spent time in in season one. What were they? Do you remember? Do you remember bugs when they had to ask two old men what was going on? They had to ask an old man about another old man so that they could <laughs> ask him about bugs. It's so stupid. I'm so glad they got out of that narrative like kind of device and just started like letting things happen. And it was always in, in mostly darkness. In, in Wendigo, when they had to go talk to some guy about a thing he saw, they're like at an old folks home and there's no lights on. <laughs> what are you doing? You don't have to create <laughs> mood right now. Oh, man. I love old guys just sitting in the dark talking about some supernatural shit. That's, that's, what, that's what I want my life to be when I get like, you know, <laughs> so next we should year, have, basically. So what we should have called the uh, the podcast. <laughs> old guys talking in, uh, sitting in the dark talking about supernatural. That's a long, unwieldy title. Well, it's, you know, subtitle. Uh, a creepy but supernatural nope yeah. <laughs> damn it <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, so yeah that's you have anything to, to wrap up with before we get into the next step nope um, they certainly hammered those witches though Malleus they, they hammered the witches good job good job Um, our next episode is Dream a Little Dream of Me, written by Catherine Humphreys and Sarah Gamble, directed by Steve Boyum. Bobby is poisoned with a dream potion and lapses into a deadly coma, so Sam and Dean take the potion themselves to enter the dream and save them, but to do so, they must all confront their own personal nightmares. This is, uh, have you guys been waiting for Nightmare on Elm Street? Because <laughs> this yeah, is that without Freddy. This is literally this is, ex- this is pretty much the plot of Dream Warriors. Yep. Like Nightmare, they, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Go watch it. It's probably the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, they make reference to it. Yeah, they do. They do well, mention not Nightmare Dream Warriors, Street. but they yeah. mentioned Freddy Krueger or something. Somebody come, somebody come and do a Nightmare on Elm Street podcast with me. Because <laughs> as much as my wife wants to do a podcast with me, I don't think that's going to be where I, what I sell her. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. There's only ten movies. We can get that done qu- anyway. You can get that. Let's yeah. Move on. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, our cold open is Bobby kind of on a on a hunt, which is something we don't really see him do by himself very much. Uh, but he gets uh, tackled by like this screaming woman. It's very tense. It's it's very. Um, I don't want to say like realistic, but it, it seems very in your face. It seems very, yeah. uh, it, it's just very tense and kind of scary. Like we haven't because, seen Bobby in this situation before and it's yeah. kind of, kind of weird. We have not seen vulnerable Bobby really ever. Um, and this is, well, it's definitely that, but we don't know just quite yet how emotionally charged the situation is. So as a viewer, we're coming in and just seeing this kind of manic, uh, attack go down and we, we don't understand it until a little bit later. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. And then the weird thing is, right after he gets tackled, he wakes up into like he doesn't wake up. The camera smash cuts to him and lying in bed and what is very obviously a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody comes in. Oh no, he's lying in bed in a hotel room. Yes, and then yes. the uh, the uh, the maid comes in, tries to wake him up, realizes he can't wake up. Can't wake up. Uh, so, so our main episode, uh, after our cold open is, um, Hey guys, do, do you like drunk Sam? Anybody like yeah, drunk Sam? He's just drunk in the middle of the day, right? Just drunk at two o'clock PM. And, uh, man, like Dean comes in, he's like, Hey, I found a case. Like we need to go do this thing. And, and Sam is just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and basically says like, Hey, you can, you can drink during the day and hit on women. And why can't I? And, and Dean looks around and is like, who? are you hitting on in this skeezy ass biker bar (laughs) and this is another this is this is sam again trying to be like a dean but like a desperate attempt at it like he thinks he needs to harden himself up but doesn't really know how to do it in many ways like some of this behavior makes sam seem like a little brother more than anything more than more than a a demon lord or whatever they're trying to make him into or a badass hunter he ends up just looking like a little brother yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad our characters don't smoke, but I would imagine that Dean smoked when he was in high school because it looked cool. Uh, and I would imagine young Sam, like, at 11 years old, trying a cigarette to try to look tough and cool, just like his big brother. <laughs> and then just immediately puking everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine. Don't smoke, kids, if you're listening. Don't and smoke. then John came home and yelled at both of them anyway. <laughs> exactly. What the, what the hell are you doing? That could affect you, your ability to cut track down Wendigos. Yeah. <laughs> He's the worst father. Worst dad. Um, Sam is kind of upset about not being able to save Dean. So I guess that wasn't really a secret. <laughs> I guess Dean told him immediately. I kind of forgot. Sam, about I got some bad news. I guess some good news. I got some bad news. Yeah. Good news. Uh, I don't hate Ruby as much. Bad news. Uh-huh. Bad news is she's been lying to you this entire time. Uh, luckily, they don't have to talk too long about their feelings because the phone rings. And it's uh, it's not Bobby, but it's somebody around Bobby who tells them that Bobby's in the hospital. So they rush over. Um, they, the doctor has no clue why he's in a coma, has no idea when they're going to go out. So they go back to Bobby's hotel room and find uh, a serial killer wall, which I always, mm-hmm. always love a good serial killer wall. And it's and, funny that they're TV talking shows. like, where, where is his serial killer wall? Why doesn't he have this? You would expect yeah. something. <laughs> and it's all just say that, but that's exactly what they're looking for. <laughs> but it's, it's hidden discreetly in the closet because Bobby's, um, he's, he's a pro. He's not just like hanging shit up in the middle of the room, like John Winchester. <laughs> Yeah, he's this I mean like all of his all of his red yarn just tight. Like like pull tight. tight. There's no loop there's no there's no like loops where it's dragging. He's got him yeah. tight from push pin to push pin. Yeah. He knows what he's you doing. You serial killer wall enthusiasts out there know what I'm talking about. You like them tight <laughs> red yarns. I know I know how it is. <laughs> uh so when do Oh, they start following in Bobby's footsteps. Try to, they're trying to figure out where he was at in this investigation because they don't really know what's going on. Uh, and I think that that brings Dean to a, I was going to say a law office, but it's not a law office. It's, it's, it's so an office. They were, like- <laughs> yeah, Bobby was, uh, Bobby was trying to track down the reason this doctor died. And uh, so they go to the doctor's office, um, but he's not, not, not like a medical doctor. He's like a doctor of dreams or whatever. He's like a college professor who has his doctorate. So they interview his assistant. Um, who quickly tells them that like, Hey, I've already told this to the older guy that came before you. <laughs> and Dean um, just like threatens her with like the law. 
It's exactly. like, hey, well, you could be, you know, getting a lot of trouble for this. This and it's it's. I love it when Dean does this stuff because he's so unsure about it. Like, Dean, go go read it. Like, just one book <laughs> and, and like learn some terminology so this stuff sounds a little bit more confident coming out of your mouth. Uh, but they find out that like the doctor was doing these weird dream experiments on people, um, and she gives them the name of this like college burnout dude. So of course, Dean goes over there and interviews this burnout guy who's uh, literally like just smoking weed in his college dorm room and uh, the. Co- College dude is like, hey man, you you want a beer? Which <laughs> it's pretty like this guy. He actually does come off as as a little bit likable because when he uh, he's like, oh, are you here about the plant? Because that's just a fern. That's not uh, yeah. whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not not here. He's I'm, like, I don't oh, care okay. about your weed, man. <laughs> Good. And then he's like, you want a uh, you want a beer, dude? Dean, being Dean, he's like, yeah, I want a beer. Sure. Yeah. This is um. I've never I've never had the FBI knock on my dorm room. <laughs> Or no. to interview me about a murder or anything, um, I would assume in my limited interaction with the police, uh, I've never offered them a beer or literally anything. I just wanted to get away as fast as possible. So, yeah, you know, you know what I'm going to do is just crack a beer in front of the cops. Yeah, like that's there's a special kind of balls on on, a, on a somebody that you know is going to do that and then offer somebody an on duty cop or FBI agent or whatever a, a beer and. It's going to pay off. It's it's definitely going to pay off. But even as the first time I was watching this, I was like, really? And then also, Dean, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Why are you going to have See, a beer in the middle of the day? I didn't really know because the first time I watched this, I wasn't old enough to drink, Jeremy. So, uh. <laughs> good. Good, 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 good. <sighs> when did this come out? 2008? I've been married for four years. Yeah, I was, uh, I was probably, I just turned 18. Or, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I was, you just I was turned eighteen. Age. Yeah, I was an age. So, what you yeah, gonna say about uh, the beer? <laughs> nothing. Wasn't old enough to drink, but I wasn't old enough to drink. So I just was like, "That's what people do when they drink, right?" Sure. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Um, so Dean doesn't really get any information out of the burnout guy. So him and Sam hook back up, and Sam has learned um, that this doctor had been experimenting with these dreams and found specifically like this dream plant that will let people let you know go in and walk through their dreams or yeah. whatever. Because the thing with this kid is that he like because of a head injury, he was not able to to have. Oh, he dreams was able anymore. to have no dreams. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and it it was fucking with him. So he was like, "Oh yeah, well the doctor kind of hooked me up with the stuff, but you know, I think he says basically he tried it and it was like too trippy and he he stopped doing it." Hmm. Uh, they can't, they realize they're going to have to get this dream plant in order to get into Bobby's dream to try to figure out what the fuck is going on, which seems like a jump to me, but I'm, I'm willing to forgive it because I love this dream shit so much. Like I love, yeah, I love fun. all of this, by the way, like I'm having the greatest time right now. I just, I know where this is going. The very first time I watched it, I realized they were about to start taking some dream walks and I was like, fuck yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they realize that their only contact for getting Dream Root or whatever it's called is their good friend Bella. So they call Yay. Bella. She owes <laughs> and, them uh, one after sicking Gordon on them. <laughs> uh, Bella shows up and uh, wait, Sam wait, answers. Wait, Sam wait. answers the door and she's in like a long overcoat and uh, she he, she comes in and says, you know. Hey, Sam, like it's Dean here. No, Dean's not here. Uh, and she takes off the overcoat and realizes, and she's just in lingerie. And she's like, well, good, because I'm just here for you and starts making out with Sam, which is a little bit of unusual. Like we haven't really yeah. seen Bella act like this so far. Yeah, she just, they, like suddenly they fall on the bed and there's just like some action happening. You're like, what? All this flirtation between Dean and Bella and now suddenly like her and Sam are just like having at it. Like what the hell has been going on? Yeah, and she's not a werewolf, so she doesn't seem like she's Sam's type. Yeah, like she she's really not, she's does not. She's not some sort of supernatural being at all. Though. I'm pretty sure we, we got at least a few more episodes this season with her in it, so like, she ain't, she's ain't gonna die real quick, is she? Like, 
um, but then there's a there's a big noise and Sam wakes up and this has been his little uh, midday nooner fantasy of him doing. You know, I was I, <sighs> I was talking to um, to my, my my pal Steve friend of the show uh, about this scene the other day and because I knew we were about to cover it and I realized is this a play on all the old scenes they used to do in season one and two for Sam's visions where Sam would have a vision or somebody would have a vision and then Sam would wake up and it would be like, Oh shit, that didn't really happen. But then shortly after that thing would happen. You know, when, when Sam's trapped in that closet in season one uh, and he sees Dean get shot and then he kind of, he wakes up and he realizes it's Sam's dream and he busts out of the closet. It's always the thing following after. I just was like, is that a play on what they used to do all the time just for fun? Because it's a dream episode. So they're like, fuck it. Let's just have Sam have a sex dream about Bella. I think it is. I, I absolutely agree because um, shortly, like, there's a little back and forth between Dean and Sam. And Dean's like, "What? The, what were you dreaming about? You're looking weird." But um, shortly after, Dean, or, excuse me, <laughs> Bella does knock on the door and come in, and she is wearing an overcoat. And uh, like, Sam is visibly <laughs> tense. And when she takes off the overcoat and he sees that she's just wearing normal person clothes and not lingerie, he like he makes this sigh of relief. So like, I think maybe Sam actually thought that he had dreamed this yeah. and it might actually happen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that. That is fucking gold. Because he yeah. must he must have been tripping out so much. Like, oh shit, was that a vision? <laughs> yeah. Am I, about to, am I about to have sex with Bella? That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then when she leaves, because she's like, Dean's like, you can't stay here. Because she's like, okay, where am I going to sleep? She's Dean's like, no, get your own hotel room. You're not staying with us. Um, and he's oh uh, bye, Bella. Good to see. Like he just says some whatever. Why. Yeah, he trips and, all over his words, and Dean even gives him a look like, "What is what is the wrong? What, is wrong what are you with doing?" You? Also, I'm pretty yeah. sure it, it implies that Sam had an erection from his dream because <laughs> he couldn't stand up. Yeah, oh yeah, 100. percent Yeah, he had a he was at full mast because he. <laughs> this scene just seemingly comes out of nowhere, and I remember a lot of the gags from Supernatural because I I always liked them so much that they stick mm-hmm. out in my memory. But coming into this, I just like had completely forgotten about this episode and how funny I used to think this scene is. Honestly, I still think the scene is hilarious because he is so flabbergasted when she comes in the door. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it's, it's young, awkward Sam. Like, it's the yeah. it's the Sam that we get to see, like, when we go back in time and see, uh, you know, young Sam. Um, except I think young Sam is a lot cooler than old Sam, so maybe that's not right either. <laughs> they need to, uh, I think they're trying to do things to humanize Sam because he's doing sure. so many bad guy things. Yeah. Uh, Bella does want to help out. And like you said, Dean shuts her down and says, no, uh, he very, he takes the, the plant, the dream root or whatever, and goes to, puts it in the safe where he's also keeping the cult and the camera, like, like visibly, not visibly, but like noticeably lingers on the safe and goes back to Bella's face and like, Oh, okay. So something's going on. <laughs> yeah. And she uh, says that she wants to help not because of the boys, but because of Bobby, because of something that happened what, what, in, in Flagstaff. Yeah. She says he saved me in Flagstaff and they're like, what? Okay, whatever. Sure. Fine. All right. Bobby's a good dude. Yeah, of course he did. They don't really question it too much. She's just like, oh, you haven't told them about it? Okay. Or he didn't tell you about it? Um, she just kind of plays it off, and they're like, okay, that's fine. Bobby <laughs> helped you out. I guess we'll find out about sure. it later. Um, <clears throat> so now they have their dream route. They make their dream tea. And at the very last minute, I believe it's um, Sam who says, oh, wait, we forgot one ingredient, and it's uh, Bobby's hair. Because <laughs> you have to... Yeah. You have to use like a, 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 a like a piece of hair from the person whose dreams you're about to go into. Um, yeah. So they 
put the hair in, drink. They both kind of fall back and then look at each other. It's like, well, that's nothing happened. I don't feel any different. And then look out the window and all of a sudden shit is just crazy. So now we start. Yeah, it's just raining upside down. (laughs) It's raining upside down, which, hey, I love that shit in Salt and Sanctuary. Like, I'm going to love that shit here, too. Like, that's that's dope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that they just, the transition is, there's not like a warbly dream sequence on the screen or anything. It's They're just like, uh, okay, wait, it didn't work. Because it just happened that instantly. And they start walking around and realize uh, that they're in an old version of Bobby's house. So it's the same yeah. set, uh, but it's like decorated differently. It has like different a different furniture layout. And Sam puts it together. It's like, wait, just imagine this place filled, filled with beer bottles and old man f- punk. <laughs> and Dean's like, oh yeah, yeah this is Bobby's house. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sam decides to walk outside. And when he walks outside, the, the rain is gone. But it's like... And it's like a, a super... Yeah, it's super saturated. The colors are like like bursting. Like it's like when you turn the saturation filter up on like a picture or something. Mm-hmm. Like his skin is almost glowing orange because it's so bright. The sky is so intensely blue. The green, uh, the grass is so intensely green. I like that they did this. It's it's not necessarily subtle, but it's not a big shift. You know, that's that's kind of what it looks like when you walk out of a dark house on a, a nice day. You know, it just seems everything seems super bright, but it's very it's it's normal enough to to be imagined or to be seen and not really notice anything too crazy about it but at the same time it's very dreamlike yeah it's it's surreal and i think that's the point that they're trying to get across is everything just feels a little bit unreal yeah and it, and it's gorgeous like and i love i love the transition because you don't get very many bright sunshiny days on supernatural because it's filmed in fucking oh. vancouver where there are no bright <laughs> sunshiny days get at me, vancouver people uh at me. but it's <laughs> at me on twitter motw cast <laughs> it, um <laughs> But it, you know, it's it's just fun. And then when he tries to go back in to go hook back up with Dean, he realizes that the door slams shut and he can't get back in and won't let him back in the house. And he's yeah. seeing through the windows at this point with uh, Dean, uh, where he sees uh, Bobby. Yeah. Yes. So now we cut back to Dean. Sam can't get in the house. Get back to Dean, who who finds Bobby locked in a closet, right? Something like that, or locked in a room, or ha- has a room barricaded, or has a door barricaded off, and he finally convinces Bobby, like, hey, like it's Dean, open up, and... Bobby is 100% believing all of this. He thinks it's totally yeah, real. Bobby is freaking out, too. And that's when, when Dean has to kind of level with him, and, and he gives a, that nice line of, you're like a father to me. Like, get your shit together. We're going to get out of this. This is not real. I'm not tricking you. You're dreaming, and you need to you need to wake up. And that's when Bobby is able to take control of the dream. Uh, and it's around here. Maybe it was earlier. I don't know. But it is around here that we realize... The person who's been attacking Bobby in his dream, this woman, is Bobby's late wife. Uh, and it's not just because he lost his wife, but it's because Bobby killed his wife when she was possessed by a demon, and he did not know how to save her. He just knew that something was wrong. I, the the uh, idea that I get is that Bobby was probably living with his wife, was not a hunter. Uh, she was possessed by a demon. He had no idea what to do after a very sad occurrence of events i'm sure he ended up having to just shoot her and probably didn't even save her he probably just or didn't even get rid of the demon he just shot her or stabbed her whatever he did yeah the uh every every hunter like starts his hunter life with the tragedy we, we've learned that yeah. with sam and dean we learned that with john and we're, now we're learning that with bobby we learned that with gordon we didn't learn that with uh, jesus freak but I, i'm sure somewhere in his past he's got some weird shit that went down um yeah. <clears throat> so finding out bobby's hunter origin story i think is really interesting because it is it's superbly tragic like it's it's exactly the kind of story that you don't want to hear from somebody like this like bobby is such a great person he's such a caring person he cares for these boys like they were his own 
and to hear that his wife was possessed by a demon and acted up to the point where he had to actually kill her um is 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 just mortifying like it makes you it breaks yeah. your heart and I think she was possessed by a demon I don't know if that's exactly what it was but he says yeah. so he says that she was possessed okay. and because she, he specifically says like I didn't know then what I knew now like I could I might could have saved you and that's probably mm-hmm. the reason that he knows this stuff that's the reason that he went cuz he didn't want to he wanted to you know make up for his sins um it's just really it's it, really tragic and sad it gives so much insight into bobby because he's at first Present, he's pretty much always presented to us as like this crotchety old man who you know calls them idiots, but he yet, but pretty much from like day one has had like a lot of love for the boys, and it's been he's they've been like a real soft spot to him, and you wouldn't really expect that so outwardly from a character like this, but like the man does have a lot of love in him. He just mm-hmm. he lost something so important to him and he he still has all of that care and affection that he had for his wife and he just he gives it to the boys because he doesn't want to just completely give up that part of him exactly really just fleshing out uh, bobby's character in a way that I, I don't even know necessarily know that it's needed because we i loved bobby so no. much and i think the um the actor is so great uh that he doesn't necessarily like he he makes that happen even without having the, the audience in on the story, uh, but having that kind of cemented and put into the, and put into the story. Like, I mean, I, I didn't get sad. I didn't get like, I wasn't crying or anything, but I was like, God, man, <laughs> poor Bobby. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I don't want just... to kill my wife. No, <laughs> I've, I've made several pinky promises swearing that I won't kill my wife. As a matter of fact, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Bobby, or excuse me, Dean finally convinces Bobby that this is all a dream, that it's not really happening. And then, uh, Bobby can control this whole thing. Meanwhile, Sam has been wandering around outside and runs into Jeremy, who is the uh, stoner burnout from earlier, who just straight up fucking clocks him and knocks his ass out. Yeah, he's with a baseball bat. But then there's a little exchange of like, what are you doing here? Exactly. And it's almost, it seems very innocuous at first, but then Sam just continues to talk shit to him. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to knock you out then. Like, Sam, come on. (laughs) And then uh, now that Bobby realizes this is a dream and that he can control it, uh, he wakes up and the boys Mm -hmm. wake up. And uh, Bobby says that he's kind of figured out the case that the burnout's name was Jeremy, and um, that Jeremy, who is the, again the burnout, I uh, just like to say Jeremy and burnout in the same sentence is a lot of fun. Sure, for sure, me. sure. Um, but he was the one that originally poisoned Bobby with this with this uh, dream root stuff, and uh, gave yeah, it like, to in he... his beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're so, they're so confused. Like, how did he? How did he get you? He's like, yeah. Well, stupid. I. Uh... He gave me a beer and I and I drank it and he had he got some of my saliva. Dean's like, "Oh, I don't know. It's not that stupid." <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> Sam is. Was... <laughs> they're like, "Oh no, Dean! What did you do?" <laughs> I think he just says I was thirsty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some lame excuse. Uh, so now Dean can't go to sleep because if he gets if he goes to sleep, he's going to get trapped into his dreams, just like Bobby did. Um, they're trying to figure out how to break him out of this thing and. Uh, Dean, who doesn't function well in a lack of sleep, is just like kind of nitpicky and pissy. Like he's kind of like a- that kind of angry you get when you're tired and hungry. Like, yeah, I, I think they cut to like forty eight hours later. <laughs> it's been yeah, like, like two it's, days. It's, yeah, and uh, Bell is helping out, but doesn't really have anything. Bobby's trying to research it and is trying to help it out. Uh, we get this weird exchange between Bobby and Bella, who's like, and when Bobby says like, "Why are why are you doing this? I didn't think you liked Dean." She's like, "Well, I'm doing it for you because of the thing in Flagstaff," and he's like. The thing in Flagstaff. Like, he kind of thinks about it a little bit, but then we just keep going. So, uh, 
Dean decides just to commit, right? Like they're, they're driving somewhere. I don't remember the, the exact context for this, but they're driving somewhere. Dean pulls over and is like, I'm just going to go to sleep. Fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to literally go immediately to sleep. And, uh, Sam says, okay, well I'm coming with you. I'm going to take the dream potion. And I'll come in with you and we'll figure this out. It's funny that, that Dean protests this, but not in a like, no, you need to stay safe, Sam. He's just like, no, I don't, I don't want you in my brain. <laughs> Get out of there. He's like, well, too bad. I'm coming with you. <laughs> It's a nice little bro moment. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a good bro moment, and then um, this kind of gets into if this w- if we weren't recording about mystery spot right after this, this might be my favorite scene on the, on this week's episode of Monster of the Week because I love yeah, this stuff. stuff. Um, so the boys get separated, uh, and there's some really cool like surreal moments that happen here where, um, like Dean is walking down a hallway and uh, like. He's, or no, he's walking in a forest and then he turns and then the forest is now a hallway with like this really, really um, intense uh, wallpaper that looks just like a forest on the background. Like I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really cool. I love when they do yeah. like the real surreal stuff. That's, that's fun. Big fan um, of but uh, Dean's like personal dream appears and it's none other than Lisa from the kids are all right. Episode episode two from season three. <laughs> and Dude, it's, so this uh, is the first time I've had this dream. <laughs> yeah, he's very, very shy about it, which I think is very cute. Like, Dean can't even confess, like, that the one thing he wants is just a normal life, even though everybody knows it already, Dean. <laughs> you wear that shit on your sleeve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might come on, buddy. Look on the back of your awesome leather jacket. Like, it's obviously... <laughs> hey, real quick, not to, uh, not, to, not to derail us or anything, Does is there is there a, something in the story where his leather jacket comes from, John? Um. Yes. I think... I thought so. No, I don't know. They, I, I know that it's in there. I don't know if they've specifically said it. I'm sure that they have. Because I've always known in my head that it's John's jacket. I know in some of the flashbacks, they show him wearing it. Or uh, wearing a similar jacket. Uh, yeah, I think it's there. It's canon. It's there. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I we can't just, remember I what was it, having, it I was having that discussion on the Duck Feet Slack, and it came up. And I was like, I think that there is a reason that he has the jacket. Because it's a rad jacket. Like It looks like kind of like an old bomber jacket. Yeah, that jacket got stolen. From Did it really? uh, the set. Yeah, so Dean doesn't have it anymore in the show. Some I think they came up supernatural at a, super fan bought that on the black on the supernatural black market, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody uh it got it got brought up in some some Q and A or whatever, and yeah, he uh that just Dean just can't wear it anymore because it was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> um So yes, so Dean sees Lisa and like, she's like kind of beckoning to him. Like, you know, um, I don't remember the kid's name now, Luke maybe, but like, Oh, you know, you should come take care oh, of Luke. Ben. He loves you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that happens. And then, uh, this is when they get separated. This is when they go into the forest and, uh, Sam wakes up to Jeremy who is going fucking crazy. Like he's trying to kill Sam. Yeah. Um, and this is where Dean meets his nightmare, which is himself with black yeah, eyes. Demon he's Demon Dean. Dean. Yeah. Or Deanman, if you will. Yeah, Christ. Uh, yeah, like yeah that, and it's you? basically you, Tumblr. <laughs> Dean's in there, essentially being like, uh, "Yeah, this is my dream. I can control this." Because the demon is telling him all these things, like you're going to go to hell, you're going to die, um, and this is what you're going to become. They repeat that several times. Uh, it's basically this demon is taunting, or Demon Dean is taunting him, and and Dean thinks that he has control over the dream, so he's like, "Yeah, buddy, I'm turning this off. I'm not listening to you." But he can't turn it off. And I can't remember if it's because Jeremy is really in control of the dream, or if it's just Dean's subconscious is so much stronger than he can really deal with. This this mm-hmm. subconscious fear eating away at 
his his conscious his consciousness like uh, it, what's in the back is coming up front and it's coming up in a big way that he can't really turn it off because it's such a big fear to him it's such this uh, a prevalent thing in his mind now especially after talking to Bella last episode that he can't he can't just turn it off and he uh, he reacts and with with some rage right. Yeah, he he beats the shit out of uh, Dream Dean. That's <laughs> what he does. Yeah. Like, and the entire time he's like working out his feelings with his dad, right? Like he's like, like yeah. a punch, and then he'll say, "It was my fault that my father raised me in a militaristic way that he never gave me any." T-. Like he's just punching his feelings out on on Dream Dean, mm-hmm. which has got to be pretty cathartic for Dean, but also is like Dean, man, maybe open up a little bit, just have a conversation with somebody sometime. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. okay. It's- it is a good scene for Dean because it's basically like a what about me you know why did I have to sell my soul for my brother why did I have to do all this shit what about me Uh, and not in a poor me kind of way I don't really see it as that I don't really see him as him lamenting oh poor poor Dean but it's just like why did it why did it have to be like this why did this have to be my life I don't deserve to die and I don't deserve to go to hell I think is something he says at some point in this yeah this is all goes back to Dean's roots and like I shouldn't be here I was mm-hmm. supposed to have died. I shouldn't be here. None of this is my fault. This is all my father's fault. Uh, I shouldn't have to be responsible for Sam. Why is it always me? You know, it's not. It's not up to me to save the world. Like this is going to be classic. You know, Dean stuff for, for a little while now. But yeah. It's 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 extremely great. Like I, I love. Like it's well done. Normally these kind of um, doubling the actor things don't really work for me real well because it's kind of mm-hmm. obvious. Uh, they they film it very well, so it's not completely green screened and dumb looking. Um, yeah. They 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 do it right. Like this is this is fun, and uh, he finally just beats the shit out of this dude, and then starts shooting him in the chest. Uh, which, like, man, you have fucking issues if you start shooting dream versions of yourself in the chest. But uh, yeah, uh, and then he thinks it's over, and this is where the dream dean actually wakes up with black eyes and like screams mm-hmm. at him. Uh, yeah, luckily, yeah, but when he says. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, Sam has been fighting with Jeremy and realizes that, hey, like, I've taken the dream route. I can control this dream a little bit and summons uh, – <laughs> I say summons like it's a fucking Final Fantasy game or something, but uh, <laughs> summons Jeremy's dad, Conley Greer, who is – no, I'm kidding. Uh, summons Jeremy's dad who uh, <laughs> has has beaten uh, – what's his name? Up as a kid, right? Like, he was – we learned that kind of That's the reason – Jeremy was yeah. abused and that's why he had no dreams. Um so he summons Jeremy's dad, and Jeremy gets super fucking scared, and, and yeah, that's it's not a not a great thing to do to somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty mean, Sam, but gets him out of that situation. So he, but it gets him out then, of the situation. Yeah, Jeremy dies in real life. They cut to like when everybody wakes up and they're all good and happy, and oh, we're, we save the day. There's a scene where that just shows Jeremy like rolling over and dying wherever he's like run off to go hide. Yeah, which is I guess a bummer for Jeremy, who is just you know trying to live through his dreams a little bit. <laughs> Like, yeah. Uh, so, but so yeah, everybody wakes up and is very happy. They meet up with Bobby and they start having a conversation about man. It's it was really weird that Bella helped us. That was really strange. And Dean says, "Well, you know, you helped her out in Flagstaff." And he says, "I didn't. I, I definitely did not do that. Like, I have no idea." Which and then oh, it clicks. They they yeah. she stole the cold. He's like, "Yeah, I just gave her a good deal on something. Like, I didn't." like help her she said i saved her life and yeah then oh fuck like he says you boys better check your pockets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a good line from from, from bobby i like that yeah. <laughs> boys better check your pockets um sam and, and dean kind of back a quick, to the to the motel and- to the hotel to have their you know epilogue conversation and uh 
What did you see in the dream? Oh, I didn't really see anything. <laughs> what did you see in the dream? I didn't see anything either. Oh, it's weird that we both went into <laughs> dreams and we're both talking about it like we didn't see anything. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just open up a little bit, boys. And Sam, don't don't open up anymore. Just mostly Dean, open up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Dean, open up. Yeah, I think he so just yeah. says I was looking for you the whole time. You know, whatever. This uh, is but- um. This is a this is a fun episode for me. Like I dig this. Uh, it, I don't really like it's it's a supernatural episode, but it doesn't feel very supernatural esque, right? Like it just feels like some dude took a plant, like and made a tea, right? Yeah, they're just having like a group drug trip, essentially. That's it. Yeah, they took a bunch of mushroom tea and like you know watched Pink Floyd's The Wall <laughs> and decided like they were all trapped in a dream somewhere. There's just there's no ghost, there's no demons, there's no uh, there's not really anything. There's no witches. Like there's not really anything kind of crazy. There's no creatures. So it it feels kind of generic, but also it's just really good. Like I feel like it's again these early seasons of Supernatural are, are put together very well. Like they seem to be you know adequately written and. They're fun to watch. Like the action is good. All of the stuff in the dream I thought was really, really fun. Deanman is it's as much as I hate that name actually works for me a lot. Dean with black yeah. eyes is something that I love. I love <laughs> it's a terrible name, but terrible name. Uh, well, and I like Demon Dean has such a good alliteration, but you had to go and squash it into two. So anyway, yeah. Um, but I, I like this episode. Like I love getting to know Bobby a little bit more. Uh, Bella wasn't in it a lot, but you know that that one little comedy scene with her and Sam, I think, really really sell it and makes it fun. So like overall, I, I really like this episode. Even though I think outside of Bobby's past, which you can just tell somebody, this could be completely skippable. Mm-hmm. And because the stuff with Dean, as much as it's uh, it's good, it's it's we've been there. We've kind of seen it before. Dean has already sort of acknowledged, or at least as a viewer, I've sort of acknowledged, like, oh, shit, like, if Dean dies and goes to hell, he very may well become a demon. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, whatever. That's, that's the way, new information, is we didn't realize that humans could turn into demons. Um, demons. Mm-hmm. Shit, now I can't stop saying it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we didn't realize that, you know, humans could be turned into demons. So, like, that's the scary thought of what's going to end up with Dean. Like, is he going to be out? Is he going to be out here in the, on the Earth one day, like, hunting humans and sam's gonna yeah. have to put him down like the, the What's season four gonna really be good. about <laughs> what is season four gonna be about guys <laughs> we're almost there anything but, else on this uh, yeah, episode i think that um it's not necessary really but i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to skip this oh same like I, I i very much like this whole episode uh i just like in the grand scheme of things i would i would consider like if you'd really wanted to watch as m- Small amount of supernatural as possible. You could probably skip yeah. this one. If you want to mainline this shit, then maybe skip this one. But yeah, exactly. All right, so our next episode is Mystery Spot, written by Jeremy Carver, Emily McLaughlin, and directed by Kim Manners. Dean is shot and killed. Whoa! What? What? Huh? Excuse me. Podcast <laughs> yeah, over. Some serious shit. <laughs> Dean is shot Damn and killed it. while invest- <laughs> while investigating the disappearance of a man with Sam, who is stunned when he wakes up the next morning to find his brother alive and well. Then he realizes he is reliving the pre- previous day and tries to prevent Dean's death. Uh, this is probably this is maybe like it's, 
it's it's one of the best supernatural episodes. Let's just put that yeah. out there. Like, right, this is one of the best. Um, if not for the entire episode, if not for like the the world building or whatever that it does, it's specifically for like the comedy routines, the editing, the writing on these. It's on these just episodes. so expertly put together because mm-hmm. they they don't have to fill a bunch of space with different things for the boys to be doing. They are just perfecting and altering the same solid set of scenes, and it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's uh, it's just really well done. Like, and it and and everybody here knows, right? Like, this is the Groundhog Day episode. Like, he's if Sam is waking up in the same day over and over again, like it's not necessarily original, but it's it's very clever that the way that they do it within the confines of this supernatural universe. Um, they they use a lot of the same tricks. Uh, like, if you guys remember in the first like the first day of uh, the Groundhog Day. Like the camera lingers on weird stuff, and that happens in this episode too. Like you'll see the camera stick on something every once in a while. And you're like, "Well, that's got to be important," but they don't deal yeah. with it until like two weeks later or whatever. Uh, so this is this is all good to me. Like this is this really works. Just a hundred percent works for me. I can't I can't just tell you how yeah. much fun I had watching this episode. It's it's one of the best. Just straight up, it's one of the best. So we wake up. And uh, heat of the moment comes on the radio. Dean uh, is kind of getting dressed. Sam wakes up to the alarm clock and uh, Dean starts kind of like, you know, jamming out, like dancing to heat of the moment, which is a lot of fun. Uh, (laughs) They're there to investigate a quote unquote mystery spot. Um, Somebody disappeared and Sam seems to think that it's involving this mystery spot, which we pretty quickly realize that it's not going to be uh, really anything that, that important. Yeah. And by mystery spot, it's like one of those weird tourist traps. You're like, ooh, it's a spooky place you can go and look at. Um, but it's just totally, just totally bullshit. Yeah, if you've but, ever driven across country, like you've seen signs for like, you know, 22 miles, see the upside down, whatever, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's very it's very much going to be that. Um, and that's, you know, the boys would never would bat an eye at something like this. But somebody did actually go missing around here. So they're like, oh, shit. Well. So we get, so the boys go to breakfast and uh, there's a... Uh, <clears throat> like the middle of the day is uh shit what is the name of it the uh pig and a poke pig and a poke yeah it's a pig and a poke special uh the tuesday special is pig and a poke so dean orders that and it, like the camera is doing this thing as they're walking through and as they're going about this like the waitress drops a bottle of hot sauce uh dean orders a very specific thing as, after breakfast uh they kind of argue about you know whether or not this mystery spot's going to be real dean doesn't think it is sam says they have to check it out they're walking down the street and like all of these things keep happening. So like there's a dude mm-hmm. moving a piano. Like there's a chick walking by that kind of bumps into Dean. There's a dog barking like that's tied up to a leash. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's all over. And all the place. these it's really funny. All these things are happening in the background as they walked into the diner as well. Um, somebody like the old guy looking for his keys or whatever the hell he's doing. I don't know. He's look, doing something. Uh, the kind of scruffy looking dude ordering. Uh, coffee because he doesn't have any no- enough money for anything else. Like it's just it's mm-hmm. setting up all these little things, and they aren't important the first time. But the fact that they exist should sort of be an indicator of something, because Supernatural doesn't fill its background with that much color usually. No, not at all. Like there's not that much going on that they, the camera specifically lingers on. Like you don't get you don't in Supernatural especially you don't get a lot of like clearly said dialogue lines behind the scenes or like coming from mm-hmm. the background of the characters so it's it's uh, the, the, like it's the, obvious something is going to happen right like the whole like the first yeah. time you see this you're <laughs> just looking at it going like something is about to happen and this is going to be great well that's the, th- the first time I watched this I don't know if I suspected it I can't remember because I've seen this episode more than many others because I just enjoy it so much um, mm-hmm. but I I don't know if I totally knew 
that it was until at least like the second time that I was like, oh, okay, wait, they're clearly pointing all that shit out. Um, but yeah, it's very obvious. So they go to at that night. They go to investigate the mystery spot, and uh, they get out. I love. I like the look of this mystery spot, by the way. Um, yeah. So it's 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 actually kind of cool. Like they've got a, a whole table set nailed to the ceiling. They go down this long hallway, or they enter through this door at the end of a long hallway. And at the specific angle, you can see like this spiral that's been painted. And as soon as the camera moves a little bit, you can see that it was painted to look like that from that one perspective, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This, I mean, it's dumb. Like it's it's dumb and goofy stuff, but it's it's real fun. They got the EMF out, and the EMF isn't picking up anything. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have the Nothing. old EMF detector. You gotta have the old, and it still looks like the one, like the one that Dean made from the Walkman. Like, as for as much yeah. as Sam like made fun of him in, in front of the, in the first season about it, he hasn't brought his shit to the table yet. So what's yeah. up, Sam? Sam was not. Sam was going to college, but he wasn't figured out how to make EMF detectors out of Walkman. So, B- but he did have time out of his day to insult Dean. So good job. Mm. Where'd he go, Sam? <laughs> the, uh, the owner of the mystery spot shows up with a shotgun because, hey, like, these dudes are trespassing on his property. Uh, yeah. And he has a shotgun, and, like, the situation gets escalated very, very quickly. Like, and, um, it, like, they're saying, no, please, you know, put the gun away. We're sorry. We're not, we're not, we're supposed to be here. We're not robbing you. Like, we're not, no big deal. And then, uh, Chris, the, the owner just shoots Dean in the chest. Yeah, kind of by accident, but he just he just shoots Dean in the chest, and Sam is like, "Holy shit! No, 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 not like this!" After everything Sam, that we've been doing, <laughs> we haven't. Uh, we the, our worst Sam crying scene was uh, when the when the werewolf that he was banging died. Um, sure, and he was extremely upset about having to having having her die. Um, we don't see that level of tears from Sam, but we do see a lot of emotion. Like he's, his, his face is crumpled up. He's holding Dean in his arms and he's shaking Dean like, no, no, no. It's very, very overwrought and kind of funny. (laughs) It's very (laughs) funny to me. It doesn't, the guy, uh, Jared does a really good job of making this seem exactly like what it is. Like something that Jared, something that Dean, excuse me, I can't get any of these characters, right? Something that Sam would be upset about, but also like, at this point, like the viewers, like, you know, they know that Dean's not going to die. Like, there's yeah. another episode <laughs> scheduled for next week. So then we're going to start covering uh, Mystery Spot. With, uh, let's see, that was written by, I think, Kim Manners. Is that right? No, Jeremy Carver and Emily McLaughlin and directed by Kim Manners. Dean is shot and killed while investigating the appearance of a man with Sam. Didn't who you already read this? When he wakes up. I'm sorry? Didn't you already read this? No, no. We just got finished with uh, the Dream of Little Jeremy Bean. Now it's mystery spot time. Okay. Let yeah, finish. I know. Uh, when he wakes up in the next morning to find his brother alive and well, then he realizes he is reliving the previous day and tries to prevent Dean's death. Thank you, Autumn, by the way, for that, for those uh, episode descriptions. We appreciate that. Yeah. Chris. Friend of the show, Autumn Greer. Friend of the show, Autumn Greer. Chris, I love this episode. How great it's is a, this episode? It's a really, really good episode. I mean, it's it's probably, like, they've done comedic episodes before, but this, like, the opening of this episode is just maybe one of the funnier things. Like, it's it's not really doing anything original. Like, we've seen Groundhog Day, right? Like, we we, we know what's going to be happening, and like, they do a lot of that same stuff, but... It's just so well done. It's so funny to see that this happening in the supernatural universe. Yeah, uh, yeah, it feels like it's happening to me. Anyway, <laughs> I, you, I, I know you've seen these episodes <laughs> a lot. Like, are, are you having some deja vu? I have, 
I've seen, I've had a little bit of deja vu. I've seen this episode quite a few times, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you okay? Do you need, do we need to take a break or you're good? To no, go? I'm or, good. I'm good. We can keep going if you want. Okay. Well, uh, the boys go to brunch and we get kind of a funny scene where Dean talks about, or not Dean talks about, but dances to, uh, heat of the moment. So that's always good and fun. I like when Dean dances to, to music, uh, we go into the diner where he orders a pig in the poke, which is a very funny thing to order. And uh, like throughout this scene, this opening scene, like the camera is kind of lingering on all of these things that are happening. There's a guy, there's guys moving a, some furniture or moving a piano. There's a woman that kind of bumps into Dean. There's a dog tied up to the thing. Um, there's just all this like stuff happening that the camera is lingering on, right? Yeah. Uh, is this where Sam starts freaking out a little bit? This is this is where Sam starts freaking out a little bit uh, because like there's some. I guess like just he kind of feels like there's some deja vu, like he's woken up from something and he's, he's repeated this day in the past. Um, so like the, the waitress chick drops the, um, hot sauce and he reaches out to catch it real quick. Yeah. And she's like super impressed by it. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's super impressed by she's it. She's like, wow, uh, nice catch. Uh, that's going to change a little bit as we get like further on in this. Um, but she, yeah, um, yeah. she starts, she starts getting a little bit of annoyed about it really. Yeah. Um, um so the, the she, boys are having this, this conversation about the mystery spot. Like Sam thinks that they need to go investigate it. Yeah. Um, Sam's having deja vu, but he's not like freaked out about it. Really? He's just like, man, like, I mean, this is coming from a boy who's had actual psychic visions before. So he's just, yeah. <laughs> he's relatively calm about the situation right now. It's just like, man, I swear that we just did this. Like when you have deja vu, it's usually in the moment and you feel like this is, you've lived this all before but you can't really explain it and it f- just it's a mm-hmm. feeling it's not a memory it's a feeling so when and when you think about what you did yesterday you can probably go through your day most days and say okay this is this is what i did but there's plenty of the little details in between that you'd probably forget about so a day might sound familiar or might seem familiar but you'd be like okay maybe i just had a really weird dream that was kind of like today I, I i don't know Let's just let's just move on. Like it's it's strange, but he's able to kind of like shoulder it and be like, okay, let's, well, and when let's they, just do what we need to do. When he finally convinces Dean that they do need to go investigate this mystery spot, Dean says, uh, and this is when they're kind of walking down the road, walking down the sidewalk, and they see, like I mentioned earlier, like these things that are happening on this road. Um, he says, Dean says, okay, well, you know, we'll wait till night, and then we'll break in and we'll go check the place out. And Sam is immediately like, no, 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 let's just yeah, go yeah. today because I mean. There's something. There's something bad that will happen at night. Like there, there might not be good for us. So Dean says, "All right," and then he kind of cr- crosses the street and is immediately run over by the guy that we see leaving the diner earlier. Yeah, and Dean dies. If it wasn't for the extended um, first half of this or first bit of this episode, you would just think this was Sam waking up from a psychic vision where, when Dean died. Um, but yeah, then it just happens again, and he it just, just gets, happens again, and it's brutal. And then Sam, Sam, Sam gets his our like completely overwrought like emotional thing again like where he's like oh my god i can't believe dean is dead i can't believe dean is dead and then uh click and you know that's it dean's dead yeah dean's dead goodbye goodbye forever dean So then we're going to cover uh, Mystery Spot, written by Jeremy Carver, Emily McLaughlin, and directed by Kim Manners. Uh, Dean is shot and yeah, killed while that, investigating Jeremy. the disappearance. Do what? Chris, let me, you- let me. It's really hard to edit out over talk. Let me, let me just finish this and then we'll. Okay. Do we, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Nothing. I. 
We've, we already, you already read that. Did I, I read it in the wrong spot? Did I read it for the previous episode? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. Let's just do this. It's getting late. I want to, I'm going to want to go eat breakfast. Dean is shot and killed while investigating the disappearance of a man with Sam, who is stunned when he wakes up this next morning to find his brother alive and well. Then he realizes he is reliving the previous day and tries to prevent Dean's death. Um, so now when Sam wakes up, he is completely convinced that he's reliving the day over and over again um, and convinces Dean. Chris, did you think it was really easy to convince Dean of this? <laughs> like, how open minded do you think would you, you would be if someone said that they were actually being Groundhog day right now? I think this is where D- or Sam really starts to, like, freak out and, like, get insistent about it, being like, no, like, this isn't, this isn't a dream anymore. Like, that just happened twice. The, there, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, they interview the mystery spot owner, and but they don't find out anything about the guy who disappeared or really find out anything at all. Um, Dean says, well, hey, if the thing that's happening to me is that I keep dying and that resets the cycle, then I'll just stay up and I won't die today. And immediately after that happens, uh, the furniture that the guy was moving, that the guys were moving at the beginning of uh, the episode falls and drops on him and just squashes him flat. Yeah. Yeah, Dean just gets straight up squished, and then it's again the heat with the heat of the moment, and it's just like reset. Heat of the moment. And then this is maybe the funniest montage that Supernatural has done outside of their gag reels. Like this, this whole thing is. Yep. Well, no, I take that back. There's something coming in like season five that might be funnier than this, but uh, this is so good. Up till now, this is the best episode. You said you had a list yeah. of the ways that Dean dies during this. Do we have that in order of, so, of death? Because yep, I'd, okay. I'd be very curious to yep. hear that. It's revealed later in this episode that Dean dies hundreds of times. Um, hundreds of or, times. Or, or that Sam lives through like 100 Tuesdays or something. But the ones that mm-hmm. we have confirmation on, he's shot. That's the first thing we saw. He's hit by a yep. car. He gets squished mm-hmm. by the piano or whatever it is. Uh, he chokes on, I don't know what. I love the choking thing because he has ordered, uh, up till now, he's ordered his pig in the poke with bacon. And he says, hey, I'll just break the cycle. I'll order it with sausage. And then he immediately chokes yes. on the sausage. Yes. yes. <laughs> the next one is just like Sam getting ready and you hear Dean slip in the shower and fall <laughs> and die. <laughs> the next one is my, is my favorite of the entire episode is them sitting in the hotel room eating uh, tacos. And Dean just goes, this taco tastes funny to you, and then immediately they hit you with the heat of the moment, like the day reset again. <laughs> this is so good. This is the, so much fun. The um, next one, he is electrocuted, one like trying to plug in like his electric shaver. Uh, the one after that is Sam losing his mind and tearing apart the mystery spot with an axe. Uh, Dean tries to wrestle the axe away from Sam, because he's like, dude, you've lost it. And apparently, Sam accidentally kills Dean with an axe. Uh, <laughs> and we just point, hear, oh he, no, Dean! <laughs> Yeah, at some point he's shot by an arrow. Yeah, yes. He, yep. Sam makes a comment to to the waitress that you know you're a terrible shot uh, with a bow and arrow. Um, so Dean was killed by an arrow, and <laughs> Dean is killed by uh, the dog that they keep seeing somehow. So yeah, we and, get uh, we're just real quick like before the dog kills him. Um, they're walking down the street and. The, this this woman that's been walking by and kind of hitting Dean on the shoulder every single time, uh, he turns around and follows her this time, and it turns out it's the daughter of the guy that they're invest- whose disappearance that they're investigating. And he's like, yes. have I ever done that before? And Sam said, no, you've never done that. So now they have kind of a lead. And then uh, Sam takes off after her. Dean looks down and says, oh, hey, there's a dog. And the dog just <laughs> immediately starts barking and I guess eats Dean. 
good. Yeah. There's really, no. Really it's such like a normal looking like nice golden retriever, but it kills Dean somehow. <laughs> Uh, and really the, the last one, the last one we have confirmed is that it's just another shot. He gets shot again, um, and um, mm-hmm. there's implied, you know, a hundred other deaths, but we don't get to uh, get to know what those are. Yeah, and Sam throughout these hundred days has done a bunch of research, and um, he's he's kind of figured out that this one guy that we see trying to get changed from the diner every day is um, is actually a trickster. So he gets a wooden yeah. stake all sharpened up and confronts the guy. And this, there's a really fun scene where he shoves this dude against a wall, and Dean is right there like, hey, Sam, can you chill out a little bit? <laughs> You're kind of freaking yeah. me out. Because <laughs> this is still day one for Sam, or for Dean, rather. Because Sam for has Dean, been progressively yeah. getting more and more agi- agitated every morning. Every time we see him, he he's just angry. You know, the, when the waitress drops the hot sauce, he catches it and slams it on the table. He's not handing it back to her nicely anymore. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of great scenes of him and Dean talking at the same time. Um, Dean trying to, like, mock Sam, and Sam just saying everything oh, that he's going to say. Because Dean is so predictable that you know he says the same shit every time. Nice reflex. I knew what was going to happen, Dean. I know everything that's going to happen. You don't know everything. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah right. right. Nice, nice guess. guess. It wasn't a guess. Right, right. you're a mind reader. Cut it, Cut it out, out, Sam. 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 You think you're being funny, but you're being really, really childish. Sam Winchester wears makeup. Sam Winchester cries his way through sex. Sam Winchester keeps a ruler by the bed, and every morning when he wakes up, okay, enough! I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really go through the effort of putting audio clips in this podcast because it's kind of a pain in the ass with Supernatural. But um, that that scene where they talked at the same exact time and they say the exact same thing, I would have loved. And I, it, may, it may show up on the gag reel this season, but I would love to see that done. Like I would love to see the attempts at getting that done because they do it so incredibly well. <laughs> like it's timed yeah, so it's- perfectly. So back to this dude that Sam is accused of being a trickster. Um, he's, he steeps like kind of threatening, like, you know, show me your real face, show me your real face. And it's not just a trickster that they're running across. It is the trickster. This mm-hmm. is the same trickster from earlier. Was it this season that we covered trickster on or last season? Uh, I think it was last season. Richard Spate? Is Richard that his name? Spencer. Not Richard Spencer. That's a Nazi that you should punt. Uh, oh yeah. Richard something. Yeah. Okay. Go um, right now. Richard Spites, Spates. Yeah, there Something we go. Like Whatever, good enough. I think he's. I think he's now. Uh, nowadays, he's directing episodes. So, oh, is he? That's awesome. Um, yeah, he is the. He's the. Um, mother effing trickster that we know and love from before. Not know and love, but uh, it's the same guy that they they tangled with before, and he's kind of just screwing with Sam. Um, Sam says to figure it out, or, or says that he should have figured it out sooner because. The trickster's MO is giving people their just desserts. And mm-hmm. he killed the, the one guy that who has been killed in all this besides Dean uh, is the dude who went missing at the mystery spot. And that's because he his whole thing was that he debunked mystery spots and like put them out of business. Uh, so the trickster thought it would be fitting to uh, take him to a mystery spot and then drop him into a black hole or wormhole or something. So not a, not a good way to go, I bet. No, definitely not. I love the question, by the way, that Sam asks the trickster and says, uh, is this fun, killing Dean over and over again? And he answers, number one, yes, it is. And number two, <laughs> it's not about Dean. It's a joke. It's yeah. on you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, Dean isn't really the victim uh, here. It's Sam. He's, Sam's just being totally fucked with. Sam is the one that um, is is kind of going crazy and ha- is having to do this. Otherwise, Dean is just kind of, you know, having his normal day, basically. Um, so the trickster snaps his fingers and then all of a sudden it's Wednesday. I'll be back. And then back in time is playing instead of uh, <laughs> yeah. in the moment. Which yeah. what is this radio station? <laughs> I don't 
it's well it's been probably uh tricked by the the trickster so uh this is a little differently uh this time it's it's wednesday and Sam wants to leave this town immediately. He wants to run away. So they, they go outside and Dean gets like kind of held up by this homeless dude and gets fucking shot in the chest and like, mm-hmm. like graphically bleeds out on the, uh, on the, on the concrete. Yeah. And so Sam kind of runs out to him, but is like, all right, God damn it. Then just waiting for the trickster to, to flip the switch again and, and bring it back to Tuesday or that morning. But it doesn't happen. And then things escalate extremely quickly. <laughs> I love yeah. this. For as funny and as uh, delightful as the opening uh, death, Dean death scene montage is, this scene of Sam becoming crazed by his brother's death and trying to figure out like how to um, hunt this trickster down is amazing. It's so dark. It's very depressing. It shows Sam becoming basically the dude from American Psycho. Like I think they mm-hmm. very actively like try to... Uh, and call that image to mind. Uh, it's man, it's just so good. Yeah, he just like he kind of cracks. Like we've seen him be well, not cracks, but it's almost the opposite of that in a weird way. We've seen Sam become obsessed. We, like, we were just talking about this in a previous episode, but without Dean and with Dean taken in this way, Sam becomes so like straight and disciplined to the point of like it being uncanny. Like it's like part of his humanity just completely goes away. Um, like unquestionably just gone. And it shows him like following exact routines every day, like making his bed and like, uh, patting down all of the, all the sheets so that they're perfectly laid. Like he's eating these really healthy meals that he's cutting up and eating in a very specific way. Uh, and also this huge montage of like hunts that he's been going on. It suggests that Sam took down an entire vampire nest by himself from like a phone call from Bobby. And we get lots of these like, phone calls from Bobby, you know, laid over this montage about how, hey, it'd be nice to hear from you, kid. Like, I heard about that vampire nest. Like, that was pretty good, but hope you're doing all right. Um, And it's just Sam freaking out and obsessing over finding the trickster because this is almost, in a way, different than everything that he's dealt with before because he thinks that it can just be undone. He thinks that if he finds the trickster again, he can get Dean back just like that and put him back into that, that place. But But he basically becomes um, John Winchester, right? mm -hmm, Like, we see... mm -hmm. We see him uh, living in hotel rooms. We see him like doing weird act exercises and like sleeping in the bed above the covers, like that kind of weird kind of sociopathic stuff. Yeah. At one point, he opens the uh, Impala's trunk, and the kind of messy weapon <laughs> stuff, weapon pile that has been in there has been now organized into like with foam inserts, just like if you remember John Winchester had in his truck way yeah. back in season one. Um, just a brief aside: somebody uh, asked me what happened to John Winchester's truck recently. Which I think would be yep. a fun thing to talk about one day. I need to I need to remember to put that in the uh, season feedback for this for this, oh, yeah, for yeah, this yeah. season. Uh, so yeah, he's he's like buffed up the the trunk and he's buffed up himself. Like it's and he's full on solely focused on the trickster to the exclusion of everything else. Like he has no interpersonal relationships. He's got this contact with Bobby and that is literally it. Yeah, uh, and it shows that he hasn't even seen Bobby. He's basically just spoken to him a few times. Mm-hmm. Until we get uh, to the end of this montage, which is Bobby. I guess it's a call from Bobby basically saying, hey, I know a way that we can get the trickster. We just we get this ritual. We can summon him. So that that comes, that brings Sam out of the wild. Yeah. So Sam shows up with Bobby and Bobby says, hey, I've got this summoning ritual. The only problem is it will need a gallon of fresh human blood. And uh, <laughs> Sam just immediately is like, 
okay, sure, no problem. I'll be right back. <laughs> and that's yeah, not got no problem with that. Well, let's go get some. <laughs> and how Bobby's much, like, wait, dude. <laughs> how much blood is in a human body? Uh, more than more than that, but that's probably most of it. Let's see. Uh, how many gallons of blood in the human body? 5.5 liters, 1.2 to 1.5 gallons. So that's most of somebody's blood. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's that's like all of somebody's blood. Like, give me all of your blood right now. Yeah, you could just split it over like four people. You should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be fresh. So, like, the organizing four people to do it would probably be pretty difficult. Yeah. Well, and then you have to make sure all one the, person. The, the blood type matches. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> that's how, if you get the four matching blood types, that's how you get to pick the song that comes on when you summon the Twitch trickster. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, and Bobby offers himself up. He's like, you can yeah, just and he kill. pulls out this like curved dagger from like, and I put it in the notes. It's just like something from fucking Dark Souls Two. Like I, I swear to God, I, re- I recognize this sword. <laughs> um, and I think it's around this time that Sam is like, eh, "Screw you, Bobby. You're not really Bobby. You're the trickster. I know it because this is so ridiculous. Bobby would never do any of this." Mm-hmm. And uh, he he full on he full on kills Bobby, and nothing happens. Like he doesn't change back into the trickster. Nothing is fixed. So it's just a moment. A brief moment of like real horror from Sam being like, "Oh my God, no, no! Did Bobby, I actually did just I, oh, kill Bobby? Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> did I just murder Bobby?" <laughs> but thankfully, no, he didn't. And the trickster. No, it was up. just another of the trickster's illusions. Which, um, man, like Sam has to be really getting really fucking sick of all of the trickster's illusions at this point, right? Like, oh, dude, just yeah. like go eat some candy and have threesomes with your made-up women, and then leave us alone. Like, why are you? Yeah, why are you it's fucking been with me so much? Six months. Yeah, six this goes on for six months of Sam chasing the trickster. And it's just, basically this is the trickster, Sam begging the trickster to set everything back to the way it was, bring it back to that Tuesday or that whatever, that Wednesday. And the trickster being like, dude, don't you get the point of all this? Like, I'm, I'm teaching you a little lesson here. You can't save your brother no matter what you do. You're screwed. Like, that's what this whole thing has been about, this whole game the Trickster's playing, is to just prove that Sam's attempts to break Dean's deal to save him from going to hell are just completely futile. Why the Trickster decides to take this specific route in punishing the boys, I don't know. Um, But he seems like the type of dude who likes to get inside of people's heads and just find the thing that will freak them out the most and and go with it. So he knows this is like basically the, the worst punishment he can put on Sam, which you would think he'd want to fuck with Dean more, but he's like, Oh, Dean's already going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's already dead. Basically. Who cares about Dean? Yeah. Plus I think him, is, and, um, him and Dean kind of like each other. <laughs> yeah. They seem to have like kind of a, like a bro, like a, like a bro on bro kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, do they ever, I know we're going to get into it in the future. Um, and not, not too too heavily spoil the show, but like, this isn't the last time we're going to see the trickster. But right now, we don't really have a good motivation for why the trickster is doing this to Sam, right? Like, it's not... No. There's really no reason for him to do it besides, like, hey, I like fucking with these Winchesters brothers. Like, I liked doing mm-hmm. it the first time, and now I want to do it again. Yeah, he was never really about teaching them a lesson the first time around, so it's a little bit... It's just, If the episode wasn't so good, I might, it might call it into question. It's why, mm-hmm. whatever his motivations for this. Um, because, yeah, I mean, his motivations are to teach Sam a lesson, but we don't know the trickster well enough to know him to want to do that kind of thing. Killing people, uh, like, via just desserts or whatever is one thing, but this just seems very, very different. And he's able to explain it all, but, like, at the same time, like, why why are you doing it in the first place? (laughs) 
I guess to, I don't know. If it was just to punish Sam, I'd get it, because he's like, well, fuck you, you guys tried to kill me. Um, but it's not just to punish him, it's to teach him something. Yeah, it's, it's it, very actively to try to get him to let go of Dean, and to realize, like, he can't, he's not going to be able to save his family. Maybe this trickster is looking at the Winchester family and thinking, like, okay... Like, two of them have already sacrificed themselves in order to save another one. Like, if now if Sam starts doing it, like, it could create, like, and maybe that's the point, is, like, Sam becoming this monster is probably the most terrifying thing that could happen for the trickster or for all of the tricksters out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. if he goes on this, like, murder, like, if he, if he becomes a robo-hunter, basically, yeah. like, this murdery tricksters of all kinds that he can find everywhere, like, like, maybe that's what he's trying to prevent. Yeah. Stretching it a little bit, like, giving it, giving it some credit, because, like, like we said, that the beginning and the middle parts of this episode are so fucking good that I'll, I'll forgive like not having the villain, not really having any clear motivation or yeah. not a clear motivation that's explained just yet. So. Right. And it still works. Like it's an, yeah, it's an sure. enjoyable scene. It's all good stuff. And when you really start to think about it, you're like, wait, what? What does he, why? But that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Move on. But he's basically, yeah. he, he begs, he begs the trickster to set everything back. He's just like actively we, begs like tears he, in his eyes. We like, will not come break. after you. We'll never bother you again. Mm-hmm. Please just, set everything back and he's like well you're you're clearly you're not going to recognize the issues you have here fine i'm just going to set it back and there's another snap from the trickster and we go back in time and sure enough <laughs> it's wednesday dean's awake back in time is playing uh, and dean's alive Woo! And Sam, and Sam looks a little bit uh, shell shocked from this whole experience. <laughs> like he looks like he is Sam actually just, aged six months. Sam right? lived six months. He he went through over the hundred Tuesdays before that, and then just he still has that. His, his body has been set back to where it was, but he seriously like went through all that. And I've always thought that was really interesting. That it never really comes up. I'm sure he like told Dean about it in the car. You know, oh yeah, you died, and um, there was this crazy thing with a trickster. I know you won't believe me, but whatever. Um, but it's just something that just like I think changes Sam, and maybe we're gonna see a little bit of it. Uh, just how like fucked up that could make you. And I wonder. Um, we haven't gotten there yet, and I haven't watched the next three episodes yet. I'll do that tonight, probably. I wonder if we're actually going to see Sam internalizing some of this and going like, okay. I'm actually going to have to accept that my brother is probably not going to survive till the end of the year. Like I, I have to accept that. I can't just go on some revenge quest when it happens. Right. Oh, we also get brother hugs. Um, when Sam gets, Oh up yeah. And yeah runs over get, to get, Dean yeah. and gives him a power <laughs> hug. Just a, just like a big old bear hug, man. Just squeezes the hell out of him. Like he's a, like he's a roll of toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dean's man, like, how many Tuesdays uh, that you have? You just, too many, <laughs> too many. <laughs> <laughs> Sam really does look a little fucked up about this whole thing with with it for perfectly understandable reasons. Like this is this has been a trial. Like this has been yeah. a, a huge fucking trial. So Yeah, I never and really stopped to consider how much it probably is supposed to affect his character going forward. So we'll see. We'll see what the next few episodes are like. I always thought that there was a darker underbelly of Groundhog's Day. Like, you know, I mean, what's his name should not have come out of that, like, smelling like roses, right? Like, he should be a little fucked up about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know he gets suicidal in, in that show, so that's a little dark. But, like, even then, like, it coming around the other... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's not talk about Groundhog's Day anymore. <laughs> um, what a great episode this was. Yeah, that was, that's... Is this it, is, get, got a little deja vu during it, but it was it's good stuff. I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. I, uh... I, 
I really enjoyed this block of episodes. This one is probably the highlight for me, uh, mm-hmm. but all of them are, are just super good episodes. Like, and uh, I don't know that so far season three has been as solid as season two was, it's, but yeah. uh, when it hits, it hits like it really, and these, these three episodes really work for me. Yeah. That's the thing with season three is it has some of my favorite episodes and it's also just diluted with a lot of kind of random nonsense episodes or not. Sure. Uh, it's not the right way to put it, but it's a lot of episodes that aren't aren't necessarily bad, but they aren't necessarily very good episodes. Um, so they kind of bring down the season as a whole, especially since it's such a short season. But there mm-hmm. are some real, real good heavy hitters in this one. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't really have any final thoughts. I feel like we've covered. I, I feel like I've covered everything that I want to say about it. Are you? Are you good? Yeah, you yeah. Admin and get the hell I'm, out of here. I'm good. I'm ready to see where the, those six months are gonna. Uh, play it to Sam because I yeah I've never thought about it enough to to see if there's like a noticeable change after that so we'll see we'll see what happens yeah we're gonna have to that's one of the advantages I think we've talked about this a little bit in the last couple of weeks um that's one of the advantages of doing the show is like it doesn't allow me to binge it so I think I'm picking up on a lot more of the subtle cues that they're doing with the characters because I'm not literally watching eight episodes a day to yeah. try to get through yeah. it. So, um, and then having to, you know, pay attention and then spend some time talking about, it. like I'm doing, we're doing fucking book reports on it. Cliff. We're doing book <laughs> reports. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's the episode. Um, let's do some admin pretty quick. I know this has been a pretty long episode by our standards because there's three, we covered three great episodes. So let's mm-hmm. get this out of the way pretty quick. Uh, follow the podcast at monster of the week, or excuse me, at MOTW cast on Twitter. We're Monster of the Week on Facebook. We're Monster of the Week podcast on Instagram. You can find links to all of those at monsteroftheweek.cool, which is the website. Chris, what's your Twitter? Um, Local Bones on Twitter. Local Bones. I am JG Greer. Come talk to us on Twitter. Uh, we're active on the other social networks, but Twitter, I think, is our is our primary uh, social network oh, of choice. Yeah. So if you want to come talk to us about literally anything supernatural <laughs> like most recently uh there was some news this week that they're uh, in season 13 they're going to be doing a crossover episode a fully animated crossover episode with scooby-doo yeah and chris i haven't we haven't actually talked about this we we, we kind of exchanged some tweets back and forth but that was really it we have to cover that somehow right like even if it's out of order we have to talk about that right let's yeah. be like at the end of a season or something like we got it we got to talk about it i think that there's i was thinking recently maybe we should find a way to cover some of the new bigger episodes uh, alongside mm-hmm. some of these, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll work it out. We've got, we've got some time to work on it. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. It's really, really, really awesome that, uh, you guys are out there enjoying the show. Uh, like I mentioned, come chat with us, uh, leave us an iTunes reviews. That, that can really help us out. Like we really love getting those. And yeah. we've gotten a few in the last few weeks. That's, there's, that's really great. I get very excited um, about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Even when they're from, uh, you know, I'm not going to scratch that. There was one thing. There's one thing I wanted to say, and now I can't remember what the fuck it was. Tuesday, picking a poke. Tuesday, heat of the moment. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, oh, guys. I know what I was going to say. Uh, Real quick, we're uh, three episodes away from our feedback episode. Oh, so God, if you just started listening wow. to the podcast, yeah, I know we're getting close. This is a short season. Um, so if you guys are just now listening to the show for the first time at the end of uh, a season, we do, we take in your letters, your requests for topics, your prompts, your hunt, Mary kills or hunt, hunt, Mary Fox, <laughs> yep, that's right. uh, like wh- whatever, whatever you want to ask us or have us talk about, let's go ahead and start sending that in now. Uh, the best place to do that is either Twitter DMS or go to monster slash contact. I will compile all of those, uh, make sure to include your contact information and we'll link you in the show notes. 
And until next week, thank you, and we appreciate it. Bye, guys. takes me a minute to like get in gear put it in drive chris it's in drive <laughs> what is that who's in drive hold on i gotta eat this granola bar I chris, get can, can you up. not eat on the fucking podcast jesus what listen kind of, what I, kind of amateur bullshit is this i figure we're gonna be oh, we're, gonna we're, be gonna, gonna, we're gonna be taking <laughs> doing road so far and stuff hold on yeah 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 I don't know if I told you that I accidentally reinstalled or, or reactivated my Facebook by trying to download an anime game on my phone. <laughs> no, you didn't, because I would have laughed at you a lot. It was just like the worst combination <laughs> of things. That's great. What anime game was it? I have to know. It was a uh, Bleach game. I don't know. I never. I didn't. I didn't end up playing it because I was like, "Please connect to Facebook," and I was like, "No." But I guess I accidentally connected to Facebook. And then suddenly, I, I checked later, and I was like, I just went to the like Facebook.com. Didn't even, didn't even have the app, like a loser. Um, and it like just signed, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there you are. Yeah, that's me. Oh, look, you got a nice little Mother's Day picture. That's really sweet. What? What is it? Are there, is that your sister's? Uh, probably. Two, uh, two, two younger-looking blondes with a, an older lady who looks like a mom that could be... That's also blonde. Yeah, that's some real bullshit, Jeremy, because I'm the youngest of my family. <laughs> <laughs> you do not look like you're the youngest of your family. <laughs> you're, you're the, whichever the middle sister is looks like she's about like 19 years old. Yeah, well, that's nice. That's nice for them to hear. All right, which one is this? 22. No. <laughs> I mean, which picture are you looking uh, at? <laughs> it's episode 22. <laughs> it's the first one on your wall. Like, I just went to your wall. Uh it says Gary Musher with Chris Musher and three is others. This, happiness. Is it the one that says happiness? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, those are my... So, it's me, I'm the youngest, and uh-huh. then next to me is Lauren, she's the oldest, okay. she's... Really? She, she looks like... Yeah. She was the one I would call that was the youngest. Well, I'll have to tell her you said that, and then... Yeah, that's um, not creepy at all. My yeah, friend, no. my <laughs> podcast host was looking at pictures of you on Facebook and said that you look young. <laughs> That's definitely not next, creepy. <laughs> next is Brienne. She is 30. She just turned 30. And then uh, that's my mother. She's not my sister. Brienne's got big hands, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming your dad's cut out of that picture on the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the way it looks makes Brienne look like she has just an this, enormous hand. This, this big ass baseball mitt. <laughs> Okay. I gotta I gotta write the road so far anyway. I don't even remember what it's been so long. I don't even remember. Honestly. I didn't have a lot of notes, but mm-hmm. I accidentally deleted them, so Oh yeah, we did watch some of that, but we also watched Oh, have you seen this uh new true crime show on Netflix called what is the, it? the Keepers? No. You gotta check. You gotta check this out. This will be up your alley. Um, a nun was killed in like the in 1969, and uh, she was killed around the same time as this other chick was killed. And they find out. Um, I always feel weird about saying like spoilers for true crime show because it's literally the truth. You can yeah. just go look this yeah. shit up. But anyway, uh, apparently 
this nun had uncovered some sort of weird secret Catholic sex ring. What? And so the conspiracy theory is that the, the Catholic church had her, had her killed, had her murked. So that's, that sounds about right. That's what I always assumed was going on. Of course. Yeah. At church when I was young. I don't know if I you've ever, always... I don't know if you've ever been to the Vatican, but the Vatican pretty much screams murder conspiracy. Like that's pretty much the entire. <laughs> I mean, I've read the Da Vinci code. <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> Actually, uh, when we were in Italy, we were uh, we like took a day just to hang out in the hotel room or whatever. Or uh, mm. we were in it like this bed and breakfast, so it was like one of the it was like a cool looking room or whatever with like a giant uh, window like looking out to the ocean, and it was gorgeous and beautiful. We were just kind of worn out from like doing stuff, so we just took a day to like hang out and read. So I was looking around for like an English book, and like the only thing I could find was the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I am literally like in the on the coast of Maritea, like gorgeous view ahead, like the whole nine, and like reading fucking. Michael Brown or whatever, not Michael Brown. <laughs> Who was that? Who's the dude that wrote the Da Vinci Code? I don't know. I don't uh, remember. Anyway, I was yeah, say I was, Scott Brown, but I don't know if that's right. But yeah, so that was that was fun. That sounds pretty fun. That's not a very good book. Don't read it. Yeah, well, I was in middle school when I read it, so <laughs> just to again reflect how young just, I am. Yeah, just give me that. Oh man, I can't wait till you turn thirty-seven and I die, so I can make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> When you're just an old ghost. Yeah, I'm just a I'm just a shitty old ghost. Get off my lawn, boo. Oh, I forgot when I said when I, before my mic stopped working that I was only going to be speaking to you in D and D speak. That's why I had to say hail instead of uh, good morning. Is that what's happening? I Dan, forgot my bit. Dan Brown. Uh, Dan Brown. Yeah. What did you say? Michael Brown, which is that guy, which is that, that poor kid that got killed. So I shouldn't make oh, that. I, yeah, I said Scott Brown. Who's that? Um, Scott Brown is a porn star. Believe it is or it? not. Yeah. No, he is a United States senator. <laughs> Back okay. away. I'm sure. Jeremy? I mean, most most senators are, uh, you know, porn stars anyway. So yeah. What's uh? What's this? Peter North? That was always the. I thought that was the best. Male porn star name for some reason. Peter I North. think it was because like it was the only one that like I knew his name when I was younger. Sure, and my friends yeah. just whatever. Scott just, Brown just is, a, like, is is your senator dog. He's from Massachusetts. I guess that's probably why I know <laughs> his name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Hopefully this coffee will hit me and I can um Scott Brown is six foot two, just in case you were curious how tall Scott Brown is. I was curious. Is. That's that's a that's a pretty big dude. It's a tall drink of water right there. It is. It is. Have you seen, have you watched Master of None, the new season? No, I have not. I just, I just love the fact that they lean in. Have you watched the first season at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first so season. like, you know, his giant friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a bit where his friend is on, um, uh, I think it's called tall boys, which is a <laughs> dating site, like a dating <laughs> network for big dudes. And he's like, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking taller than all of these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and he shows Dev his uh, profile picture, and he's just standing next to Dev. <laughs> and I was like, "No way, dude! You made me look like a little boy. I want to go join young boys and and or, uh, small boys and or small. What is it? Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll let you watch and, the show. I don't yeah, need to spoil every joke. Please tell them all to me, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. So we went to see Aziz and Sorry in Baton Rouge one day, and the first joke was pretty funny. It went like this. <laughs> <laughs> did you really see him? I thought that was coming up for the real story. Uh, I, we did go see him live, yeah. Uh, but we didn't. I'm not going to repeat all the jokes. Oh, that's a shame. I love yeah. Aziz. 
he uh he had a Michael Jackson impersonator open for him. Oh my god. Yeah, which and the dude was legit. Like he costume changes, he did like eight songs. Like it was Damn. <laughs> yeah. Autumn was losing her mind. She was in front of the show, Autumn Greer, was losing her mind. She uh <laughs> <Of course. laughs> she, she she's she's a big Michael Jackson fan and she's like, Holy shit, this dude's doing thriller. Oh, now he's doing Billy Jean. <laughs> like he was doing all of the shit. So You've got good senators, dog. I'm jelly. What do you have? Just a couple old frogmen. Well, you know, Bobby Jindal was from here. He wasn't a senator, but we had to do. We had to put up with that asshole. His, uh, have I told you about his campaign T-shirts? No, I bought one because they were so fucking ridiculous, and I knew he would never ever get close to the presidency. So they're going to be like highly ironic presidential T-shirts and like oh, nice. Um nice. But it's literally Bobby Jindal. And you know, Bobby, Jind- Bobby Jindal is an Indian American guy. Like he's he's a dark skinned dude, um, mm-hmm. which is no big deal. He's still a Republican piece of shit. But like, <laughs> just to just to give you the context here, what okay. Bobby Jindal okay. is. But the T-shirt is uh, Bobby Jindal, twenty sixteen. I'm not making this up. Tanned, rested, and ready. That's the. St- <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can. Uh, it's, and they're, I mean, they're great shirts because that's how I do in the summer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe he was being ironic about it. I don't. I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to find. Oh, here we go. Here's a picture. Here's a, a tweet from Brown Girl Magazine. I don't know why this came up in the search <clears> results, <throat> but here we are. Can I just get a get a link? That was this? that exceeded my expectations. Let me get you the picture of this. Yeah, me and Autumn both bought a t-shirt of this. Not because we supported Bobby Jindal. Like, we immediately gave twice as much to Bernie Sanders as soon as we did this. <laughs> Tanned, rested, rested, and ready. Ready. Wow. That's, that takes some gumption to put that out. Right? Tanned? Like... Like my dude. <laughs> You're a dark-skinned fellow. I'm not saying dark-skinned people can't get tanned because they can, but like... Really? <laughs> I, it's it's a bit bold move. It's a bold move for, you know, some asshole governor from Louisiana. In announcing his bid for presidency, Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal said that he was tired of, quote, all this talk about hyphenated Americans, end quote, and that he was, quote, tanned, rested, and ready for this fight. <laughs> South Asian Americans have taken Jindal to task for being out of touch with the South Asian American community. And Desi Twitter, which I don't know what that is. Uh, erupted in response to his remarks, punctuated by comedian Hari Kondabulu, uh, hashtag Bobby Jindal so white, <laughs> comedian Asif Mandi's hashtag Jindian hashtags, critiquing what's been seen as some attempt of an attempt by Jindal to distance himself from his Indian American heritage. Damn. And there's a bunch of tweets of just people making fun. Maybe I'll just put this link in here so you guys can see that. <laughs> It's just oh, me here, Jeremy. Oh, oh, dude. <laughs> what? I didn't. Oh, this makes more sense now. Let me let me send this to you. Look at this. Oh, <laughs> that's not. Wow. That's not great. Just not okay. Tanned instead of tan, and then that's it. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. Yeah. He's like, you know what would be good? Just steal like an old president's slogan. Yeah, literally the worst president we've... Well, probably yeah. like the second worst president second we've worst. had. Yeah. 
cool. This will be a really funny outtake. Autumn's been complaining that our outtakes aren't funny anymore. And I'm like, dude, we're just, I'm like, we, we were funny for like two hours during the episode. <laughs> yeah. What <are> you, come <laughs> on. Lay the fuck off. How about that? We're just talking about, <laughs> some, we're talking about some fucking video games to blow off some steam. Okay. <laughs> we're usually just talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's literally just us having a conversation. How about you get the fuck off me? I'll have to cut that out. Hey, you know, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls 1. It's a fantastic game. It's my favorite one in the series. It's fucking great, man. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, game ne- game's never bad. <laughs> I did that Soul Level 1 run last weekend, but then yesterday I was like, you know, Soul Level 1, it's fun, but I bet it'd be real fun just to get a big-ass sword and start fucking around. And, and Chris, oh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a super lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, I was playing through a couple months ago. It must have been, I don't know. But I, yeah, I made a, a a pink or purple hair lady named Future Trunks, and I was just I was just tearing it up through Dark Souls, and absolutely loved it. There were so many signs in the Berg. And by the time I got there, I was like level like seventeen oh, yeah. or something, and there was like still like five or six. And I got invaded twice. Um, yep, I got invaded a lot when I played Dark Souls. The uh, the dude was wearing full havels and he was fat rolling and he was doing like a like a slow walk gimmick and so like he was he was never running anywhere he was just yeah. walking everywhere which was really fun and I was totally naked with nothing but the giant ass Zweihander, um, and uh, apparently he got frustrated. I was doing no damage to him by the way. Like I hadn't quite I had a chance <laughs> to upgrade my weapon or whatever, so I'm doing no damage, like forty a hit or whatever. And uh, I guess he finally got like frustrated with me because, like, in the middle of the fight, he stripped off all of his armor and then switched to uh, like a Falchion and just started <laughs> spamming R one. And I was like, "Dude, what the hell! I thought we were having fun." <laughs> Jerk face. He's like, "Listen, I got an appointment later. I need to go. <laughs> I gotta go. I can't. I gotta just do this shit all day." Okay, you ready? I sure am. <clears throat> Wait. <clears throat> <clears throat> Get that. Let me get that frog out of there. Let me go get that. Let me go get that frog out of my throat. <laughs> what are you, Fergie? What was that? No, that's that. Uh, oh shit, who was the dude? Uh, Mystical. He had that song about smoking weed, and the first line is "Let me go get that. Let me go get that. Let me go get that lighter." Blaze up, switch a full of herb. And like now, anytime me and Autumn um, hear the words "Let me go get that," it's "Let me go get that. Let me go get that." It's, it's like a thing. So. Wow. Okay. Did you just take a giant vape? Like, did you just take a pull <clears throat> off of a vape? What, what are you doing over there? Me? I just stretched. It's, it sounded like you just, like, hit the vape. It sounded like what uh, Josh sounds like when he hits the vape on the on the mic when we're podcasting. Yeah, I'm not a big, not a, not a big fan of vaping, all right? Chris, you're a millennial. For, for, no, for literally no reason. You're, you're a millennial. <laughs> of course you vape. Yeah. I just assumed that you, like, got one in the mail. Somebody, somebody at work asked me, he was like, are you allowed to smoke here? And I was like, no, we're not. <clears throat> and then he asked if we're allowed to, like, to vape inside or something. But the way he like, he addressed it. I was like, fucking never. Don't no. ever 100%. Don't, don't ever. If you do, you're fired. How about that? And if, if you're, if you're going to smoke, you have to be killing yourself actively. All right. You're <laughs> yeah. not allowed to do this vape shit. All right. I do not care about this vape shit. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't care. Um, all right, let's do this. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast where we take... Nope. Let's try, scratch that. Let's try again. <laughs> Shit.
Hello? Oh, okay, you're not back yet. <clears throat> Pour some sugar on me. I don't know the next line of that song. Damn it. Alright, I gotta find a better song to sing for the, the outtakes. Uh, let's see. I'm thinking hard about this. So you know they're making that Witcher TV show? Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Because as much as I love the Witcher books and I love the Witcher games, I don't... They have to... It's like it's like when you probably feel this way, Jeremy. Dark Souls has become this like huge thing. Everybody's talking about it. Namco's putting out terrible merch for it, and you're over here like OG Jeremy Greer, trying to you know do a Dark Souls podcast. So I'm starting to feel with The Witcher, even though I'm not OG Witcher because I didn't read the books before playing the games. I never played The Witcher one. I only played The Witcher two. But like now, I feel like I'm like pretty deep in it. But then suddenly it's going to become this like commodity. Like Witcher three already became a commodity when you know. Randos were playing this deep, nerdy RPG. But, like, they're probably going to be watching the show and being like, oh, how come Triss isn't with Geralt? Like, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. She was Yennefer's friend, and she was cheating, or trying to cheat on her friend's man. I don't really know how to describe it, but Triss ain't, Triss, Triss is not OTP. That's what I'll, that's where I'll put this. She's absolutely not OTP. She... She betrays her friend, and, you know, it's 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 not cool. That's why I always ship Geralt and Yen. Um, people who ship Geralt and Ciri, like, that's very strange, because Ciri is, like, Geralt, Geralt's surrogate daughter, and there's absolutely no reason for people to be <laughs> shipping... Oh, hey, you're back! <laughs> Have you just been talking about Witcher lore? <laughs> Since I've been gone? Is that no, what's I, been happening? I got up and I got coffee, um... And then I came back, and I was trying to sing a song, and I went, Pour some sugar on me. And then I could not remember any of the other lyrics to that song, so I was like, all right, let me find a different song. And then while I was looking for a song, I just started talking about The Witcher. All I know is Pour Some Sugar on Me in the Name of Love. That's what I was going to say, but I was like, but is that accurate? I didn't know. So, that's, you know, that's where I'm at. I didn't really get to talk about all a lot about The Witcher, unfortunately, because I, I talked about how, like, whatever, you'll have to listen to it, I guess. Oh my god, the lyrics to Pour Some Sugar on Me are fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, what did um, you expect? Love is like a bomb, baby. See, Love mom, is like a bomb, come on, come on, come on. Get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. Looking like a tramp with a video vamp. Demolition woman, can I be your man? I fucking I love lyrics. <laughs> so Razzle and dazzle and flash a little light. Television lover baby, go all night. Sometime Is anytime. This- sh- sugar me sweet. Little miss uh, innocent sugar me, yeah. <laughs> I think that, I think this is about this dude watching late night TV and, and jacking off to it. Uh pour some sugar on me in the name of love. Pour some sugar me some sugar on me. Simon fire me up. Like there's four times in this in this lyrics that I just pulled up on Google that this word is used. Whoops, that's gonna be the wrong chat. <laughs> like S E E apostrophe M O N. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to take do with that. Is it was it an an eighties way of saying semen? 
Like, is he doing a little Jamaican patois in the middle of that song? That's what it feels like. What a disastrous song. Oh my god, yeah, this is... Sorry, I just can't look away. This is like a fucking train wreck. Anyway, if you want to visit my blog, lyricslover.tumblr.com, you'll find the the greatest lyrics of all time. Uh, You'll have um, hits from such lyrical artists as um, uh, Green Day and... uh, (laughs) Hey, hey, Chris. What's up? Chris, go to to lyricslover.tumblr.com. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> because because that's, it it redirects and uh, but more importantly, uh, it's literally just people. There's some Lana Del Rey lyrics. Okay, Lana Del Rey, who just like pretends like she loves heroin and sings songs about it. I'm like, you're a terrible role model. Stop it! Don't make fun of Lana Del Rey. I love her so much. I love Lana Del Rey too, but I don't like the affected like drug trade queen that she pretends to be. Because I think she's doing I, it on purpose. But the the hurt the hurt me daddy stuff is is a little weird. <laughs> like yeah, and I know, and I I genuinely don't I don't think that she's trying to pretend like that's real life. I hope not. I think that she's like writing songs as a character because her name's not mm-hmm. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> her name is mm-hmm. Lizzie, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think she's doing it on purpose, but it still freaks me out a little bit. But I do really like her songs. So there's this um there's this hip hop guy I listen to called Blockhead. He's a producer and he makes um like he's probably most famous for the first Aesop Rock album, if you know who Aesop Rock is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like he did he did like all of Labor Days. Um so he got called into the studio to work with um someone, like a, a woman singer and her producer. Um and it later found out that was this was the chick who was going to turn into Lana Del Rey. Oh, um, and so he has a blog up somewhere of um I can probably find it pretty quick. Yep, here it is. Where he talks Her name about is Lizzie like, Grant. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, he talks about meeting her or Lizzie Grant, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, so he he like worked with her in the studio, like they came in and like worked on some beats together and like did stuff. I'll put it in the show notes and then link it to you as well if you want to read it. I don't know, it's just I don't know. I actually do like Lana Del Rey. Like I think she's I like I like her music a whole lot, but yeah. Yeah, me too. People are gonna look at people are gonna look at the show notes of this and go like what? Bobby Jindal, (laughs) Richard Nixon, Lana Del Rey. (laughs) It's gonna be it's gonna be all over the place. incredibly well like it's timed so perfectly delusion no sorry i'm here okay you hear me yeah i didn't go anywhere i was just right here i i I, I don't know come on it's early it's hard
yourself with bigger things. You catch a pull.